I jerked off on your one bar. <laughs> I just recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys and gals, welcome to Gravity Lab Radio. Tonight's episode is brought so to you. Happen. <laughs> so happy. So much cream in your mouth. Oh my God, Nikki. Why looks is like my it. mouth so full? <laughs> Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by the Rating Center. The Rating Center, we offer canopy courses, coach courses, all the likes thereof. One of the things we have coming up in June is June 22nd. PD is having Performance Design's Bullseye Accuracy Competition. If you are registered for that accuracy competition on June 1st and June 2nd, the Rating Center is offering free coaching to any person entered in the PD Bullseye Accuracy Competition at Skydive Spaceland Houston. All you've got to do is show me your registration. You show up, you prove to me that you are registered for the PD Bullseye event. I will be out canopy coaching accuracy all weekend long working with you because let's face it guys and gals we got the best flyers we got the best dz's and our homeboys and girls are going to win this competition sport accuracy is first point of contact is that so yeah man so there's a couple different rules where you start where you end i think this event does have the uh you can't go out rule as well okay um i really can't i I haven't looked at all the rules well i'm gonna win either way so watch out so uh you know make sure you don't lay down on the ground like normal (laughs) (laughs) yeah do i get extra points for landing on the target backwards (laughs) you don't but in my heart you do all right do you know about the pd bullseye event do you know what's going on with this thing somewhat i've done the backyard accuracy stuff is it similar to that so the backyard accuracy more than anything else is an event this is a competition less than 500 jumps more than 500 jumps somewhere around like eight locations uh the winner of each class, the top three of each class, get like, you know, this much off the PD store, whatever. They get some really cool prizes. But the top three for each location with less than 500 jumps gets invited to the land in December of this year to compete uh, for the final or for the finale. And the winner of that event gets a year sponsorship from Performance Designs. They get a free main canopy. They get $1,000 off of a reserve canopy. They get that dope little white jersey that some of us like to wear. You've seen Tex wearing that sexy thing lately. It's good looking. All sorts the of one PD. that has performance on the butthole? Yeah, you, that is actually <laughs> the one. So you get all sorts of cool swag, man. And honestly, that uh, sponsorship, as good of a deal as it is, it's a much better deal, deal than most of my friends who are sponsored athletes can get. So it's top level. It's a top shelf deal. So definitely check it out. The Rating Center, we offer coach courses. We offer canopy courses. We offer all sorts of ratings. Right now, we're training some AFF instructors, some good friends of ours, uh, Steph and Rita. Uh, Chris is working with us on that. And you can go to the ratingcenter.com to check it out. We have a new website coming soon. Be patient. The old website looks all right, looks pretty good, but the, the new one is going to look pretty dope. That brings us to our next sponsor. Do you know who the new sponsor is, guys? I know that it is uh, Kyle Henderson's company. Je- Jellyflea? Hell of a gentleman. Jellyflea Creative, man. Jellyflea.com. They build websites. I love Kyle. Super good dude. Uh, former AFF instructor, former video guy. Nick, did you ever get to work with Kyle? No, he worked there before my time. But you've got to spend a lot of time with him, jump with him, hang yeah, out. Very kind fellow. Yeah. He is absolutely a wonderful human being. He used to sit up in the uh, STP room coding and actually making websites for people on the side. Eventually, he got so busy, he had to quit skydiving, and Jelly Flea Creative has been his mainstay for the last, man, seven, eight, nine years. Nice. I was talking to him last weekend about the, the website, actually. Pretty knowledgeable guy, that's for sure. About which website? 
your website. Oh, you're taking a peek. Can <laughs> yeah. I show it to you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dude, he did a pretty good job. It looks good, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So we're in the final phases of that website. Uh, right now, he's got all the structure there, all the core there. It's in my part, in my ball, or in my court right now where I have to do a little bit of the content filler. Uh, some of the cool things he's done is, is he's actually taken content he's seen from me, whether it's from my current website, from my Facebook page, from all of my social media. He's taking new pictures from things he's used that he thinks looks better than my eye thought. My eye put all these pictures on my website, and I thought they looked pretty good. Dude, you've seen it, Justin. It looks way better, doesn't it? Yeah, way better. One uh, big thing that Adam Buckner, Option Studios, brought up to me a really great point as we were talking about different things that uh, I had desires to, to build and showcase on behalf of Spaceland. And he said, you know, one thing you have to keep in mind is what uh, what you want and what your customer wants is not always the same thing. Yeah. And that, uh, that was something that really stood out to me. And that's one thing. Option Studio is one of our other sponsors, but in this case, Jelly Flea and Nail on the Head. Kyle has such a great pulse on what the customers want, such a great pulse on what the market bears. And even Nick, as we talked about developing videos for Infinity and VSC, that same conversation has come to light. And, and Kyle has really hit the nail on the head. He's taken some of my verbiage and some of my wording and content, and he's twisted it around a little bit. And when I read it, I'm like, dude, I sound so much smarter when you say it, bro. So Kyle Henderson, jellyflea.com, check them out. They are building some uh, 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 websites for the sport within skydiving, but a lot and a majority of their work are across all sorts of industries, music, oil industry, school training, you name it, he gets involved with it. He doesn't specialize in an industry. He specializes in web design and customer interaction. He does a great job. Check him out. Uh, I don't know if I showed you guys my favorite part of it. When he sent me my first draft of the website, it came with a six-minute video. And it was a tutorial walking me and talking me through, this is how this part functions, this is how this part works. Actually, I didn't need any of that because the website was so intuitive, but it was neat to see those things. But he was also able to explain, hey, this is just a placeholder now. We're going to make it look better by using this. Or I want your input or I need this. Hey, this page and this page, which option looks better? So that customer service, that taken to the next level, tailored fit site to my wants, to my needs. But be wise. And as Adam has said and Nick has said, listen to what the customer wants. And uh, Kyle will help you listen and understand that customer. It's definitely rare nowadays. Usually you have to pay him extra to go back and change things or fix things. <clears throat> no, they he's very good. That's another reason I like Option Studios. They're going to give you that final product with an option or with a fair chance to make that last change. Of course, you can't make 20 or 30 changes, but here it is. What changes do we need to complete it? He understands that your design and your desire might vary, so he'll work with you. Check him out, jellyflea.com. Super good guys. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. If you can't figure it out, go check with your kids. They probably know how. Guys and gals, tonight we have a really good friend of ours on the show. What's his name, Nicholas? Mr. Meaty. Meaty. Rich. <laughs> Why do we call, uh, is that how you say his last name? Yeah, I think everyone pronounces it Reich, but yeah. it's, it's Rich. I, w I was going to ask him before we started the show tonight because, you know, it sounds like he's a Nazi if you spell <laughs> his name the way it is. So uh, Brockton Rich is how you say it? Yes. Rich. Um, and why do we call him Meaty? Because he's so thick, man. Oh, my God. I think that <laughs> kid weighs like 42 pounds and he's 5'8". No, no, a 6'8". Sorry about that. So uh, Brockton is an iFly instructor. He works part-time at the Drop Zone. Talk about living the dream. He does the best of both worlds. Check it out. Enjoy the show. We'll catch up with you guys soon. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. <laughs>
I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? What? Gentlemen, hey, we are live. Brockton Rich, how hey. are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. I told everyone to say your last name is Rich. I'm correct, aren't Perfect. I? Yeah, yeah, you're killing it. Yeah. I actually was going to ask you before the show started how to say your last name because it's spelled Reich right. if you look at the Nazi version of the word. <laughs> and before Please say your middle name's not third. It's not Nazi <laughs> version of the word, right? It's German, I guess. Yeah, yeah, German. Prussian. But if, if you spell that word or if you, you pronounce the word the way you see it. So in the ad beforehand, I'm like, hey, we got our friend Brockton, and I let Nick introduce you and he said your last name i'm like oh thank god how yeah. do you say it so brockton rich buddy how are you doing doing awesome man how are you guys man doing ducky man doing really nice. good how was your day it's pretty good pretty chill it's been not the greatest weather so just hanging out around the dz did a little slack lining but you kids in that slack line it's pretty sweet why sell me on this idea of the slack line i mean <laughs> i didn't think much of it at first but like you start like just being able to stand on it, you just get addicted. You know what I mean? At first, it's like, uh, I can't do anything at all. I can stand like, on the ground just fine. I know, but if you can like walk across <laughs> the line and back, then you're yeah, like, oh, this was sick. Walk across the ground. It's all so cool. I remember celebrating that as a young child. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. No, I'm just, I'm only talking shit because I'm terrible at it. I've tried it. And yeah, it's cool. But I'm I no good either, it. really, but just addicted to, uh, you know, those baby steps. Do you make it all the way across the slack line? Um, not all the way, usually, but, but I but can take some steps. That's cool. Yeah. What's been the key to your uh, learning progression on the slack line? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Really? Repetition. Just bending your knees more, I guess. Do you have ar- are your arms out or are your arms in? Uh, a little of both. Kind of like all over the place. Oh, okay. All day. Yeah. The key Just of my success we'll is how sober I am. Yeah, that might work. <laughs> if I'm drunk, I'm not, not very not, good. I'm not a good drunk slackliner, I'm sure. <laughs> they actually started slacklining at the uh, RV park right as Valerie and I were moving out of the RV park. So probably the last four or five months we lived there, there was a slackline or two popping up. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a try, man. And like I didn't really get the appeal. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm hanging out with my friends over here. And that's what it was for me, was hanging out with homies. Yeah. I might as well stand on this thing. And, and I stood on it while I was taking a break just to be silly. And I was like, ah, I fell off, whatever. And after doing it two or three times, somebody held my hand and goes, no, let's try it. I'm like, oh, whatever. And next thing I know, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm standing on this fucking piece of toast, toast toe, toe rope, right? Yeah. <laughs> And eventually walk across, walk back, and, and that's it. I, I got to the point where I could walk one way and back and sometimes fall and sometimes not. Yeah. That's all I could do. Yeah. I'm but like not even there yet. What's can, your goal? You can do flips and shit? Uh, no way, man. Well, I don't know. I think I'd be too scared of, you know, not being able to skydive. So Oh uh, yeah, that's a good point. Baby steps. Maybe one day. That's a crazy part about skydiving. Like I'll meet friends, people will talk to me. And talk about how dangerous it is. And I'm like, no, I quit all the dangerous shit I did when I started skydiving. My life depends on me being able to jump, right? Yeah. Your life depends on you being able to fly in the tunnel and skydive. So I stopped skateboarding. I stopped doing all the stupid, crazy stuff because, man, I need to be able to skydive. Yeah. <laughs> how many slack lines do they got set up over there? There's like two permanent ones. We should go over there on weather days or whatever. It's super <clears> sweet. No, on weather days, he likes to hide in his hole and edit video. Hey, I'm just trying to be productive. Day. That's all. <laughs> I don't think you know what to do if you're not productive. That's true. I I think I've seen videos. There's days where it's like three, four, five slack lines set up there at once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple people that are pretty good, like Alex and a few people. Will. Will's really good on those. He's good at everything. Especially when it comes to balance, dude. Yeah. Have you ever seen Will fuck around with them bowling balls? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's so (laughs) cool. 
that it is insane when he does that shit. I'm entertained just uh, usually just on weather days. I'll sit there and watch Will do stupid human tricks. It's so good. <laughs> Will, I, don't think, I don't think I know the bowling ball thing. What's he, that about? Oh man! So he takes a. You, you, I'm sure you've seen. He's got a piece of wood. You know, p- a piece of plywood. Oh yeah, it's like a flat piece of piece of plywood. He's balancing on top of the bowling ball. Yeah, okay. but then he'll actually take the bowling balls and he'll line them up four or five in a row and he'll travel the board bowling ball to bowling ball. Or he'll take the bowling balls and he'll put them in a circle and he'll ride in a circle around like just travel from ball to ball to ball. Baller. Yeah, yeah. Baller. <laughs> he'll he'll ride it going forward. He'll actually do. Uh, uh, he'll he'll. Pivot from ball to ball, so you know one foot to the other, pivoting around. He just it it doesn't matter. He's got to do something silly. Yeah, he's got that stupid motorized uh, skateboard that he likes to ride. Mm-hmm. I think it's just fucking baller. I call it stupid because I'm jealous. <laughs> Today, well, I, I don't know. You weren't out there. We were talking, hanging out, and he was out there on his regular longboard with a ski rope hooked up or some type of tow rope hooked up to his motorized skateboard, towing himself with the motorized skateboard on his regular skateboard. I'm like, well, my God, buddy. <laughs> so when you say well, him yeah. and Alex are good at slack lines, like what kind of shit can they do? Uh, I haven't really seen too many tricks, but they just like walk across it like it's nothing. You know what I mean? It's like they're levels above me for sure. I like seeing the dudes who like can walk on a slack line and then just drop down and land on it on their foot, uh, on their butt slash leg, and then the, immediately the rebound pops them back up to yeah. their feet. Can they do that at all? I mean, yeah, for sure. Alex does some of that crazy stuff for sure. He's, okay. He's a ninja for sure. Well, I don't want to watch until people are doing backflips. So <laughs> when that happens, yeah. give me a call. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm completely in. I will come over. I got a really, I got a brand new camera. I can record. Thanks, Nick, for him. Uh, teaching me all about cameras, <laughs> dude. I actually went to Best Buy today with your suggestion. I uh, what'd you find? Um, that I didn't like the uh, OSS without the B. Ah, it's got to be boss to be right. Balanced um, optical, something something stabilization s- sensor. Yeah. Uh, so I use uh, I, I do a lot of canopy coaching, and these cameras we use when I'm doing basic coaching, I'm zooming in at you at like 300 feet off the ground. So you know, if I get a little shaky, it doesn't really stand out much. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But when I'm doing high-performance stuff, there's times where I'm zooming in on people at 1,200, 1,500 feet as they're coming in for their approach, doing a turn at seven or 800 feet. And so having really good stabilization is critical. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't see what you're doing because my tweaked-out, sketchy little caffeine asses was like, ah, I drank too many <laughs> Red Bulls. And it sucks. And so Nick one day is like, I was talking like, hey, man, I'm interested in these, these steady shot cameras. And he had one with a, what did you call it, the eyeball? The uh, wobbly eyeball. The wobbly eyeball. Have you seen the wobbly eyeball lenses he has? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Hey, Justin, grab that camera right there. You can unplug it. It's just charging. It's, there's a mechanical balance to the to the lens that's separate from the digital stabilization. Is it like so a chicken head? When you chicken gimbal? Oh, I thought you were talking about like a, a female. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> chicken, chicken. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it literally wobbles. Now, like, aim that at me and look at the screen and like move your hand around. That's some dope stabilization, right? For sure, yeah. So Nick actually let me borrow a camera of his, and uh, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to buy one. He's like, bro, go ahead and use this one. I'm like, no, dude, I don't need it. He's like, bro, it doesn't work long enough in free fall. It actually malfunctions, so I don't use it anymore. Just fucking use it. Yeah. We actually argued over this the first time, and uh, I finally said, okay, I'm going to use it. Finally use it long enough. I'm like, hey, let me buy this from you. Enough arguments. He won't let me buy it from him. It took a shit the other day. So I got online. So he owes me a few hundred dollars for the camera that he broke, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and tonight's Gravity Lab Radio, uh, we're going to introduce a new co-host. Brockton is our new. Uh, and and one of the things that I did is buying it. I found out online, like, dude, I can't fucking like these cameras with optical steady shot. And actually, the the term is steady shot. The SS. The, these cameras, optical steady shot, man, they look like they're pretty cool. I'm watching like videos online of people zooming in super far away and how steady it is. I'm like, man, these cameras are dirt cheap with optical steady shot. And then I found out balanced is the one with the wiggly jiggly eyeball. Mm. I'm like, well, which one's <laughs> worth it? Which one's better? And Nick and I sounds were talking. Sounds like wacky inflatable arm play like Doomman. Well, I, I hear, I wiggly hear jiggly eyeball. Wiggly eyeball. It sounds like a sex move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, this girl I totally gave her the wiggly eyeball. Awesome. Wait a minute. What is the wiggly eyeball in a sex move? Then? I, I don't know. I don't know what that would mean, but that's just what it sounds Probably like. Probably an urban dictionary. Are somewhere. you uh, <laughs> Are you a fan of the movie Role Models? Yes. You know, he's leaving his girlfriend a message, and the dude, McLovin, I don't know his real name, he's like, tell her, Yeah, tell her you missed her whispering <laughs> eye or whatever the fuck. <laughs> whispering yeah, eye. Yeah, whispering eye, wobbly eyeball. It's the same thing. I think we've established <laughs> if the movie's been out in the last 20 years, I can't remember shit about it. What? It's, it's, somebody posted on Facebook the other day, I can remember all the song lyrics from a song in 1980, but I can't remember what I walked into the kitchen for this morning. <laughs> you know, it's, it's gotten to that point where, like, I can sing a song from the 1980s. Well, sing's an arbitrary word, right? You can say the same words that they say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but man, what 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 was I looking for again? Closest because thing on Urban Dictionary is wiggly eye. This, that special state of drunk where you feel like your eyes are wiggling around in your head. <laughs> Not at all sexual, unfortunately. Damn it. What yeah. about the reverse wiggly eyeball? That sounds reverse. more like a sex move. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it work. The, the donkey yeah. punch wiggly eye. So I actually <laughs> went to Best Buy today, like you suggested, and then took the two cameras side by you side. You asked, excuse me, sir, where are your cameras with the wiggly eyeball? <laughs> no, I unfortunately know exactly where the cameras are in Best Buy because, you know, who, what grown man doesn't go in Best Buy and drool all over shit? And uh, I wish they would have paid attention because the security guy's the opposite side of the room as me, right? I zoomed all the way in on the security guard and just started zooming and following everything he was doing at the front counter with these two cameras. Well, at least you knew that he wasn't watching the security camera. Yeah, yeah. You should have stuffed that thing right in your pocket and got the fuck out. <laughs> you go to Paraland Best Buy, all the cameras are zoomed all the way to the tightest setting they can be right now. So it worked Wiggly out Jiggly good. is the act of mas- masturbation. Ooh. Say what? I'm going to go Wiggly home and do the old Wiggly Jiggly. <laughs> 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 on a one bar. <laughs> I'm just going to list random wiggly uh, words on Urban Dictionary the rest of the show now. <laughs> All right, Mr. B. Wiggly jiggly. So, uh, yeah, let's change the topic. We know you now as a tunnel instructor. Yes. What? Uh, how long have you been working for iFly? Um, so coming up next month is two years, actually. How long did it take? Well, I guess, do you have any idea how many tunnel hours you had before you started working there? I wish. I have no idea. In the so ten range, if you, if you had a guess, I really have no idea. Just because there was so much like huck jam, and like just flying like four way with Chase, George, and Kevin Trico, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I have no idea. But, but you had some hours. Yeah, I had a lot. You like were flying, I, flying on your head, carving around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Pretty was, good upright skills. Yeah, I was working on some carving upside down when I started, and <laughs> I felt like I had to like totally relearn since then. But like, why the right way? What do you I mean? I mean, there's like. Static flying and like, uh, then there's like stray legs, you know what I mean? So it's uh, coming up under flying. John Walker, you know, he totally, I feel like, 
changed how I flew a bunch, which has been sweet, but it took a while. <laughs> so for, for people who don't know, what's uh, we have a lot of new skydivers that listen to the show, people that, that maybe don't have a lot of experience in the tunnel world. Yeah. What's the difference between static flying and dynamic flying? Right. Uh, so static is going to be like chill for Daffy most of the time, holding still, like getting docks and stuff, and so the dynamic. Right, right side up or upside down, holding hands with people. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then dynamic... I guess like there's dynamic competitions, but I guess more dynamic flying would just be more like the getting the movement smoother and uh, more efficient and so not holding still up and down and circles yeah. and right yeah more maneuvers than docks groups. Di diving yeah. moves and layouts and right uh, yep. carving and carving lots of carving lots of carving so a lot of what you mentioned to describe this describes the motion of it static sitting still right. dynamic moving around. But another thing you mentioned was the body position. The word Daffy and, and shelf mean a lot to, to us sitting in this room. But describe Daffy and shelf to other people. Yeah, so uh, if you're flying static, when you're flying Daffy, you're just going to have one leg forward and one leg back kind of a thing. And you're just balancing uh, upside down or up right side up. Um, but then shelf upside down would be more with both legs behind you. So you're kind of using those legs as a shelf and using your... Arms as really, if you can imagine Shelf kneel on both knees, sitting straight up, you know, good, straight, long, strong posture, yeah. both knees and your calves going straight 90 degrees behind you. Yeah. Daffy, leave one leg there, bring the other foot in front of you, so you're kind of kneeling and, and proposing to your girlfriend or your wife. Right. Or I guess you wouldn't propose if she's your wife, would you, Nick? I mean, maybe if you were having doubts. <laughs> Honey, you still want to do this? I thought I'd give you another opportunity to turn me down. <laughs> maybe maybe the the uh, roofies wore off. She changed her mind. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say that's pretty close. Uh, Daffy, both legs back. Or excuse me, <laughs> shelf, both legs back. This is probably so fucking confusing for anyone who doesn't have a, a visual uh, idea of what we're talking about already. I'm sure that uh, the IBA website would have some good uh, tutorial videos about yeah. the difference between shelf flying and daffy flying. Definitely. But yeah, we're just talking about being upside down with our legs in different spots, right? Yep. So with dynamic flying, you're using, you're kind of hanging on the drag from your arms and your legs to stay in one spot. Yeah. Did, did I say static flying? Because I meant static flying. God, I'm confusing the shit out of myself. <laughs> dynamic flying, mo you're, you're using a straight body position most of the time to yeah. drive yourself around the tunnel in different shapes. Right. Fair yeah. enough? Yep. Take different lines. So what? Uh, how did you change the way that you were learning to fly when you started working there? I uh, just went and finally put in the time to get low speed kind of harnessed, I guess, more than anything. Like flying super flat, super pinned out like that is, like you know, is just like a lot harder at first, you know what I mean? Just keeping those legs straight, holding still as much as you can, but like still efficiently doing what you need to do to get that movement. So before you started working there, you're flying on your head. How? What? Uh, for anyone who doesn't fly yeah. in the tunnel often, we talk about the speed and, and as a matter of percentage. Yeah. Right? So you're flying how fast uh, when you start working there? Yeah, so I really liked flying at least 88 and higher, like as I started. Now, usually I'm like 88 and lower, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. But when you turn it all the way down, like what 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 speed is that? Uh, like 72 is about the speed where I feel like I can still get stuff done. I can like maybe get off the net at like 68%, but at our tunnel, 72% is pretty. You can fly some low speed lines and stuff of like that. And so what what is the slow speed progression? What did that look like for you at the beginning? I mean, lots of hours of just like trying to be flat 
right? And just like keeping your head back and getting those carves going, like just going in circles, you know, in face a lot, and then uh, just working on that control. Also, the switches, you know what I mean? You want to like carve up and then switch, so that takes a while uh, to not break at the hips, not to break at the knees, break, you know what I mean, and bend to try to like throw yourself over. You got to kind of wait for it a lot more. I want to pause real quick. I want to continue this conversation, but as we've gone from Daffy and and Shelf into the dynamic thing, you keep using certain words, and to, to picture it for you, you're basically planking. You know that stupid fat of planking? Yeah. Super straight, super locked in body, knees together, heels together, nothing. And when you say break, you're breaking joints or you're breaking open. You don't want to break those is what you're saying when you yeah, say that? Yeah, just bending. Like okay. bending of the hips, bending of the knee. You don't want to dip that hip? Or, no. <laughs> <laughs> what if I put my hand up on that hip? And uh, when I, I dip, dip, you dip. You dip. We, dip. we dip. Yeah, we all would dip. <laughs> We'd be halfway there. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, next question, please. So now you're <laughs> I did that to Nick earlier today at work. So now in this dynamic flying, you said you're working on this low speed stuff and when you're coming over the top, you're switching. Yeah. Genders? Well, you just want to switch directions. <laughs> okay. That and so for me that's a legit question because no, when you I switch, understand. I'm not sure yeah. what you mean. So yeah, yeah switching meaning moving right shoulder and then Switching directions and moving left shoulder. Okay. As far as what you're leading with. So maybe you're going clockwise with your leading on your left shoulder, and then you rotate 180 on your vertical axis. So now you're going, just as an example, leading with your opposite shoulder sure. going the same direction could be an example of switch. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, something you keep emphasizing in this conversation is low speed, low speed, low speed. Yeah. And one of the things that I know... When, when I started free flying in the tunnel that I was extremely excited for was to get a little bit of speed under my ass because it made my life a little bit easier. Definitely. And very quickly, I, I was able to fly in a sit vertically head up. I actually did VFS camp with Mr. Lot over here, and we were flying in the 90% range, 92, 95, and some of that uh, sit vertical stuff. And, and I enjoy doing that, but I actually found I enjoyed flying at those lower speeds more. Yeah. And where this conversation is going is so many new flyers think speed is where it's at. Yeah. But it seems not to be true is what you're telling me. I feel like it's just a longer progression. So a lot of people don't have the money or time to like throw at the tunnel uh, right off the bat. So a lot of people just kind of jump into like learning whatever way they can get to, you know, to that upright position or that head down position. So to me, I think like the low speed progression is gonna make you a better, cleaner flyer in the long run. Like, it will help everything because if you can fly it the most efficiently, then uh, when it comes to the more speed, then you'll just have to like get a little steeper. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. If you have the time and money, I think it's like definitely the best thing to do instead of uh, I don't know, just beating your head against a wall if you're. Maybe not. It's still fun, but jumping and doing skydives over and over and like do making the same mistakes. To me, if you go spend a little bit of time in the tunnel, get those body positions like squared away, get that muscle memory ingrained, then when you get in the sky, it just everything is cleaner and funner and makes your life easier and sweet. Why do you think low speed helps you tune that position better? What about low speed makes you understand it better? You're just having to use everything and uh as soon as you get a little bit more speed, then everything's just a little bit... You, you don't have to try so hard, I guess, more than anything. 
I would describe it as when the wind is really low, you have to fly very efficient to make it work. Yeah. If you're not flying, like if the wind's as low as it can be and you don't do it perfect, you just fall. Yeah. Like you just fall down to the net. <coughs> yeah. And so if you learn the right way over and over and put in the good reps at the slow speed, you're going to learn it in the correct way. And then as you turn it up, you just keep that, that good body position. So I've, I've never thought of it that way. That makes a lot of sense. And in essence, it exposes your weaknesses and allows you to focus and make those your strengths. Yeah. But one thing that I've always thought of is, and please help me if I'm wrong in this thought process, is that at low speed, it requires a larger movement to get a movement out of it. In other words, I need to put more input to get a, a motion out of it. So doing that helps my mind understand that's what that input does. So then when I go to faster speeds, that minor bit of input gets me a similar reaction, but I never got to understand it because I didn't understand the movement I put in. Yeah. So for me, low speed helped, and I never realized what y'all said, and that makes way more sense, but low speed really helped me understand what inputs do what. Do you feel that's a true statement or part of it? I don't think I would have described it that way, but uh, I would say that it's true for the most part. But for for me, I I don't know. I feel it's like the second the time John Walker's told you to shut up, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the I think he's the, the oh, is he on biggest fran, fr, uh, fan. Yeah, the he's spamming shit right now. Oh, in that, <laughs> in that case, can I get less Nick in my headphones? Hey, <laughs> you, son you know of a what? Bitch? Can somebody just remove all of John Walker's yeah, can I get comments? Less John Walker <laughs> oh, I can in the totally comments. Yeah, keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> our legal department has asked us to remove all of John Walker's comments <laughs> from the feed. <laughs> I, I, I love said, you, Johnny. I said, is someone talking? I just hear a bunch of dad noises. No, but I think that the movements really do the same thing. I think it just, when the wind is uh, higher, I think the, the rate at which the movement happens, or the, the reaction to the wind is faster. Does that make sense? Like, I'm still going to do the same movement regardless of the speed, but the movement is going to happen faster. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in canopy world, what I'll equate it to is at a lighter, lighter wing loading, you're going to go through that learning time slower, so you have more time to absorb what you've done. Where in a faster canopy, you go through that movement quicker, so you don't get to recognize it as much. So for me, it still will translate a little bit to learning time. What you're saying makes more sense than what I'm saying, uh, no doubt. But for me still, like if I'm transitioning from here to here, in half a second versus one second, it gave me more time to process and understand. And for my brain, it requires and loves that. You know me, I'm a nerd. I like that knowledge and almost overthink it too much sometimes. Hence this conversation. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so Your videos are stupid. That's true. That's because <laughs> I have to make stupid dive flow videos based on stupid teaching material that idiots came up with <laughs> yeah and stupid voiceovers so when you do front flips you're <laughs> <laughs> I get there's a uh, okay short story Braden and i have been working uh to get well okay i've been working with chris fudala and hank and formerly tommy miller and jay venendahl to produce these dive flow tutorial videos about the the jumps in the student program. Yeah. Many of which are the brainchild of one DJ Marvin, the, the way that these jumps are, are structured. Yeah. So I hate everyone involved, obviously. But... Um, I love you. <laughs> so I have been writing up the scripts with Hank and Chris's help, and then I send them to Brayden for the voiceover. And then Brayden sends back some messages that maybe weren't in the script when I wrote them. <laughs> oh, man, I want to hear I'll, this. I'll, I'll be happy to show you. It's not... 
<laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, it's not that I couldn't get it out. It's that I had to end it there. Yeah, well, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, 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 we can. I'll show you that after the show. <laughs> it's phenomenal, and it gets like when you hear these clips. And I'm sorry, guys and gals, this is something we just can't share. When you hear these clips, you're gonna die. But then when you hear the continuation, it gets fucking better, man. <laughs> Nick, you're my hero. It's a really good joke that none of the people listening will ever know, <laughs> unless you come and see me in the video room. Um, okay, so how how do you feel like your progress has gone in those in those two years? Like, how do you feel like uh, your flying's changed? Well. I feel like it took a long time for like low speed to even start to work, but then once it did start to work, then it kind of like just converted to like everything else. Like so, all uh, all of the steeper, faster stuff that I would do, it just everything got cleaner. You know what I mean? Just become more efficient, and more. I feel like you just get more aware in the tunnel too. You can like really focus on like muscle activation, mm-hmm. I guess, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Have you encountered the iFly instructor who is a sick dynamic fly? I'm not naming one person <laughs> yeah, like specifically. I'm just saying this is a thing that's happened to me multiple times. Someone who can carve and move and do everything that looks cool and pretty and exciting and makes them look like an awesome flyer. Yeah. And then you hold still and stick your hand out and they can't stop and take a dock. Yeah. Have you sure. had this happen? Yeah, I know See, a few. And that's <laughs> that's what but like I do think that the those the skill sets help each other out, right? Yeah. But I think that the only way you get good at static flying, and like if you if you're a sick dynamic flyer in the tunnel, good for you. Yeah. But if you think that that means you're going to be a shoe in to come along on a you know a forty way head down static single point skydive, yeah, you're super fucking wrong. Definitely, definitely. Do well, you? Uh, I guess do you use the dynamic skill set in the flying that you do in the sky? I think so. Like, I think that a lot of dynamic really converts to angles mm-hmm. pretty easily. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, I use it for everything. Video, you know, being able to fly really slow is always going to help with, you know, if you get a J. Daniel and 110-pounder or something like that. J. But, Daniel uh, meaning a very s- a slow instructor. Very slow instructor, so, very so light student, so you fall rate's just really slow, mm-hmm. you know, so... You can fly super slow in the tunnel, then you should be able to fly super slow in the sky too. You know, should be, well, should be. Yeah, <laughs> you say should be like that doesn't always <laughs> translate for people. So, I am a small person. Let's just say I'm <laughs> dense in the torso and I have a limited wingspan. <laughs> so I, I honestly have a pretty hard time. Although I'm not a huge person, I have a pretty hard time going slow in my belly. So I, I like you'll see that I wear among the baggier jumpsuits for for some of the people that that uh, fly video, especially people of a comparable weight to me. Dress for success. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always wearing it's almost you know more drag than I think I need to because uh, you know I'm, my my arms and legs aren't very long, so when they get all the way out there, it's not much, and uh, I'm pretty tight muscularly, so my head only comes tight. back so far before I start really arching. So I'm not good at going slow. Okay, and the, and the drag goes with your pink shirt pretty well. Too. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I wore this just for you. I was like, Justin is gonna fucking love this. Oh, toy- I got several toy- like a tiger. Got several requests today to ask you to take your shirt off for this podcast. Really? From were you hanging out with Brian Menard? <laughs> no, I wasn't hanging out with Brian, Jimmy but I'm man. sure he would have <laughs> requested the same. I don't want to say any names. Uh, throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> that's so that's Jimmy's there were several requests. Yo, time out one second. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the mighty mighty. 
Tommy Miller. Tommy Miller just tuned in. Oh, I man. rarely actually have the feed on my phone up, and I just happened to bring it up talking shit with John Walker. God, actually I actually exchanged some. Miller. And Tommy Miller, you are my hero. You are the wind beneath my wings. You have less hair than me, so you make me feel good about myself. <laughs> but so. I have been staring at Tommy's face all day today editing these Dive Flow videos. He's the student in uh, yes. Dive Flows uh, 1 through 9. That's awesome. Watching him stall those canopies and oh, staring yeah. at the camera was so yeah. dope, dude. Yeah, that's good video. Um, one of the things you were talking about was, was knowing instructors or knowing tunnel flyers who are really wicked dynamic. They can get all around, but then the second it's there to take a dock, they can't do that. Yeah. Uh, at some point, <laughs> uh, so, sorry, I got to turn this off here. Otherwise, I'm going to get distracted and start reading this the whole time. <laughs> at, at some point, I've got to wonder is that because they have a big gap in their flying? They've neglected part of it. Yeah, that could be a neglect. I think that when we fly our demos, that's like a lot of the time that some instructors fly, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. a lot of the demos are just moving, you know what I mean? Nobody ever stops to take docks, really, for a demo. So um, I could definitely see how an instructor would get that way super quick. And then I think dynamics just kind of like the popular thing to do anymore. Like at 14-foot tunnels anyway, um, you don't see as much VFS, as, at least as I did in Utah. Utah's everyone's playing VFS. So you actually came from Utah. First, first of all, flying demos, for those of you who don't know, if you ever go into the tunnel and you see them flying with a bunch of noobs, and at the end of the noobs flying, they put a little nice rope across the tunnel. Do you guys still use that little? Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and then all of a sudden the instructor goes out there and shows off his best tricks, which you might be better than that instructor. Definitely I'm not. Uh, that's the demo. They're showing the students, look what you can learn to do. Yeah. And the most... What are the best reactions that people, or what what do people react to most when you see those demos? A lot of times it's the stuff that's not a lot of skill even, you know what I mean? The shit I can do. Shoot like (laughs) spider webs and blast up to the top. People are like, whoa, Spider-Man. I can pop up, down. I can like get really big and pop up to the top, get small and drop down net and stop myself really quick. I'm good at that. And that's the shit the fucking people love the most. I'm like, I'm cooler than Brockton because I can do that. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's the one moment in the tunnel when noobs are watching. I'm like, I'm going to do that move because now I look like I know what I'm doing. But the people that you look up to still know you're an idiot oh 100 percent, dude 100 percent. and i don't look up to you because you're five three <laughs> i respect you i just don't look up to you uh, so you came from utah the, the the utah tunnel is really actually uh for a long time really well known in the sport because it was one of the very few tunnels in the sport yeah but to this day it's still a very popular tunnel why yeah. Well, among other reasons, it's like really inexpensive for time as far as the rest of the country goes. But uh, on top of that, they have like some of the best coaches that I can think of. They have like, uh, I think there's six of them right now that all, (laughs) if you go out there, you can fly with any number of them. Uh, They don't really like, they kind of split it up. So to me, that's awesome because I learned out there. And so I think the way that they coach, it just takes somebody saying something differently sometimes that just makes something click in your mind so then uh i don't know i I like the multiple coaches thing so i want to start with just the pricing of the tunnel i want to get into the coaches there as well because mad respect for all of it why is uh now utah is it an iFly or is it a yeah it's a franchise it's a franchise and so let's clarify what a franchise versus a corporate tunnel is is that the right verbiage there mr mr lot yeah yeah that's right so uh, for years, Sky Venture built tunnels, and they built tunnels for other people, and people bought the tunnels, and they did their own thing. Eventually, they started their own tunnel system, 
in that tunnel system. The corporation owns the tunnels, runs the tunnels, manages the tunnels. Yeah. They still, and, and for a while, the majority of iFly tunnels were corporate-owned, and now iFly tunnels can also be franchises, kind of like McDonald's is a franchise. Is that all a fair... Yeah, I think they, they started, and when Sky Venture was first building them, they were, were selling them to private owners, and then this big expanse happened where they were building all these tunnels, and they wanted to own all of them, and they even bought a few of them back, like uh, Denver was one that they bought back, and now is corporately owned. Uh, gosh, I feel like there's a second one that should come to mind, but isn't. But uh, then over the last few years, they have sold more privately owned franchises. So there, there are both, but I think still the majority are corporately owned. Has Utah always been known as iFly, or did it... It started as an iFly, yep, mm-hmm. but it was never owned as a corporate tunnel. So really, it's probably one of the first iFly franchises. Uh, it was the first iFly that I had heard of. Had you heard that before, Utah? Yeah, no. Well, well I... Learned everything about Scott oh, in there, so yeah, it was kind of yeah. hard to hear about anywhere else. But yeah, I guess I heard about the Vegas tunnel back in the day. Yeah, Vegas is uh, Fly Away. Yeah. And then Sky Venture Arizona was there, and Paris was there. Hollywood was there. I think Hollywood might be the other one that they bought back, actually. What about, was Orlando? Yeah, Orlando was o- OG. Yeah. yeah. That's OG Sky Venture. Fly Away is, is Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and Vegas. Um, which are really columns of air that you fly an o- over baggy suit in and hope not to fall off into the crash pads. Yeah. Um, which, have you flown that to the, any of those flyaway tunnels? I want to so bad. I hear they're sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're <laughs> sweet. I just think it would be super cool to check it out. Just like, it, it's kind of like jumping around, except for I don't want to land around. I yeah. would love to jump around parachute and then cut it away and land something that actually flares. Yeah. That sounds so the first Sky familiar. Venture was 1999 Sky Venture Orlando, which is now iFly Ooh, Orlando. The first, uh, but the first iFly tunnel. I'm not sure, but it says the first Sky Venture was Orlando. Yeah, Orlando is definitely the first one. That's for sure. But that is the patent behind Justin's head. For yeah, I looked at that. It's pretty <laughs> you know what's funny? I have made oh, a video for iFly that tells the whole timeline of the company history, and I don't fucking remember <laughs> any of it. <laughs> you, you made a video. You didn't yeah, pay attention. It was the highlight of the San Diego sales conference. Well, they I played, they played it twice, in fact. The, I should look for it. The whale's vagina uh, sales conference? Yeah. I don't think they released it to the public. I think it was an internal video, but... I'm guessing you know where to find yeah, it. Yeah, Erodium was the very first wind tunnel. God, yeah, I, I should have that. What is? Erodium? Erodium. That sounds like a precious metal. What is that? Is the name of the first wind tunnel that was ever made. I fly Austin. Where, what? Like, what, what, what? I don't remember. I had to put all the stuff in a video. I just He just had the name. Goddamn cocktease. So why is... Yeah, this says I fly Austin. Really? Well, I Fly Utah was definitely open before that. And then yeah. they repurchased several others afterwards. I think that's I Fly Austin was the first corporate tunnel on this big new modern Yeah, that's era. what it says. That's that's correct, tw- yeah. 2012, the opening of I Fly Austin was the first corp- the I Fly corporate model was created. Yeah, I think it went Austin, Chicago, Houston or something in that order for for that uh for this generation. And Sounds then they re- right. they went back and rebought, so I don't No, know, no, maybe. no. Uh Dallas was before Houston. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, because yeah. Braden left uh, to, to go to yeah. Dallas. Yeah, I went to fly with Braden in Dallas. So why was Utah so much cheaper, Meaty? Nice hat. <laughs> Justin, Thank you, you see his hat? Yeah, I did. I'm admiring it over here. Um, yeah, I guess uh, just since it wasn't corporately owned, they never had the same pay structure. They also never had any business. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> slow there. So I've actually heard, and I don't know how true this is, something about the city owns it or something? Oh, yeah, the, did, s- right? the city of Ogden. Ogden is where the tunnel's at. It's uh, 
35 minutes north of Salt Lake. They had a badass mayor, I think it was, yeah. who was super focused on like adventure sports. And so the mayor, I mean, not the mayor and out of his own pocket, but the mayor in Ogden City paid for the tunnel. And then uh, the guy who owns the complex, there's like a... Gold's Gym. Gold's Gym. There's an arcade slash bowling alley. There's the indoor wave, yeah. indoor rock climbing. So they were basically given the tunnel and uh, or the tunnel components. They just had to build the building to hold it. And really came down to cheap prices. What does an hour of tunnel time sell for in Ogden? Do you know? I think it's like less than seven. I could be wrong. I want to say it's seven. 675 an hour coached, yeah, right? Yeah, with coaching. Yeah. yeah. And what can I, l- I'm going to come to Memorial tomorrow and get coaching with you. What's it going to so cost me? So my rate as an instructor there is seven hundred. So that's no coaching included and before tax. I'm pretty sure. But what if I wanted to buy an hour of time coached? Hour what of time coach, like coaching is like three thirty-three a minute. So we usually just say like it's about a thousand for an hour across the board. So six seventy-five an hour versus a thousand an hour. Is yeah. What we're talking about. Yeah. And let's be real, if, if you're doing just a little bit of coaching here and there, 15 minutes at a time, going on an airplane to go to Utah is a whole other story. Doing it local is great, but a friend of ours, Yvon, recently, just I saw her post on all of Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they did a ladies' camp out there. And, man, you go and you do three or four hours of tunnel time, it is much, much more affordable to, to fly out there. Yeah. And focus learning time, getting a lot at once. Our A in a week package, part of the advantages is it's concentrated focus learning. Yeah. So one of the advantages of Utah is you can get quantity, but quantity means nothing. M- means less without quality. Doesn't mean nothing. Means less without quality, and that's the other advantage you gave to Utah is quality. Who are some of the coaches out at Utah? I mean, Dusty Hanks is the kind of like runs the show out there for sure, and then um, under him he has like Argyle and Reese Wilson. Uh, who has taken a world championship? Yeah, he's been he's world champion freestyle. Yeah, he's a ninja. Um, Jesse Hall. Who else? I'm freezing up. Is Hamish. Jesse in town right Doesn't now? Kai Kai coach there. Yeah, Kai Kai coach is, is there. Is he part of their their team? I don't know anymore. Dudes? I don't know what's going on. I haven't talked to. Them Talk in a about while. SDC Kai Kai. Uh, yeah, he was formerly. On, yeah. uh, he was on SDC core for I think a year, and then he was uh, on Mac Tomb, the Dubai team. Yep. yep. And. Gosh, it seems like he was on another big team. I just don't remember. I mean, basically, we're talking about some of the best teams and champions out there, and, and this is the kind of coaches we're getting to. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the advantages you, you you said is not just who these coaches are, but how does the coaching work out there? You're saying you, you work with everybody? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I'm not – I've never worked there, and it's been a couple of years, but uh, I'm pretty sure you just kind of show up, and whoever is on shift that day is your coach kind of a thing, and they kind of uh, – I think they just do like day shifts, so they're there all day, every day, uh, or not every day. You know what I mean? They take shifts, but whoever's <laughs> there that day is your coach, and so you can bounce around. You'll get Dusty one day, you'll get Reese the next. Um, but yeah, they're all ninjas in there. So that, that's basically the their whole business. Like most uh, tunnels have a really decent balance of first-time flyers and experienced flyers uh-huh. and yeah. utah has almost zero first-time flyers because it's all people that have gone there for camps so the people who coach there that's pretty much all they do is is experience flyer coaching so that's why a lot of it just kind of stands out 
So go Mormons, man. If we want to go learn to uh, <laughs> fly in the tunnel, we need Speaking to... Speaking of Mormons, Meaty, what was your childhood like? <laughs> Are <laughs> you Mormon? You Mormon? Uh, I was raised Mormon, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't necessarily claim Mormonism anymore. You're not repping the crew, dog? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Where, so, I think where are those I, magical underpants up? <laughs> I, think, I don't know if you know. I think you know I was raised Baptist. Went to yeah. Bible college. Pa- oh, actually, pastor. I didn't know that. No, yeah, I went okay. to Bible college. I'm an assistant pastor at one point in my life. No but way. did you read any yeah. magical tablets out of a hat? Um, with a rabbit and a bat. <laughs> oh, that six four Impala was parked yeah, out front. Yeah. I know um, actually, dude, the the amount of literature, books, and, and information I had for theology, Bible, and religion, I've, I've read a lot of stuff. Uh, I passed a lot of that on to my family. My brother-in-law still works in churches. My father still works in churches. So I just gave them all that stuff. I still have some of it yeah. um, because I do value some of, of my faith and I do value some, uh, I value a lot of the morality it taught me, right? Yeah. You know, because let's put the religion of Mormonism and Baptist and Christianity aside. The morality and the behavior, dude. There are some good life lessons in all this. Yeah, for sure. So, how Mormon are you? And I think you know what I mean by <laughs> saying that. Like, how Mormon were you raised? I mean, so growing up, it was going to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. going to uh, scouts or young men's, young women's uh, every Wednesday or something like that. Yeah, then yeah. there was seminary all through from ninth grade on, I believe. Ninth grade all through high school that you're supposed to go to. It's like. Uh, pretty much just another Sunday school class, but during school, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of grew up in a strict neighborhood for sure. I couldn't have sleepovers growing up. I couldn't, like, you know what I mean, do anything really. Um, but uh, I do feel like it kept me away from certain things growing up that I might have gotten into and I might not be where I'm at right now, so I can definitely thank it for that. But. <laughs> for me, I don't know if it kept me away from those things because my exposure to a lot of it was there. I hung out with a lot of friends who smoked weed. I hung out with a lot of friends who did all sorts of other shit. Um, I never had an interest in it, and, and I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't think it was my Christian upbringing that didn't give me an interest. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I'm just not as heavy of a drinker. It's just not yeah. something that's always... Justin, I was looking at you earlier. I'm doing a, a, sobri- a month of sobriety right now. So when you saw oh, me you? looking super sad when you were drinking that scotch... Oh, I'm that's like, what the frowny face was. Oh, man. I, I really to figure out what I was doing I wrong. actually really want to drink right now, dude. It's, <laughs> it's Everybody's having a drink but me, and I'm just like, motherfucker, dude. Yeah. Uh, how committed and devoted... Some of Nick's yogurt over there. How committed and devoted were you uh. to, to that faith growing up, or was it just something you felt like you had to do through your parents? I mean, I don't know. I definitely put up a fight going to church... And definitely put up a fight going to scouts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as I could, like, I was not, like, they, uh, so Mormons go to church, or they used to go to church for three hours every Sunday. I heard recently they changed it to two. But, Is that uh, three hours in one chunk or two yeah, different services? No, yeah, on one chunk. Okay. And then, so the first meeting is like sacrament meeting. And then after that, it's just two versions of Sunday school, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, I remember as soon as I could, I was just trying to, like, drive home or, like, skateboard home uh ditch as quick as you could yeah go to the first meeting where your parents are there and the other two meetings you're like in your class so your parents are in another room so you could just do go it. to the bathroom and instead hide out in the library because nobody was there making out with your girlfriend yeah you never did that ever <laughs> right um it i felt kind of dirty making out in the church uh but you know it worked out okay i didn't go to hell yet i never did that yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I ask these questions. I'm I'm just curious because of that similar background and upbringing. I I was the same way. I thought I didn't want to be part of it. It just wasn't in my my goal or my desires. Yeah. Today I still feel like I have a foundation of 
faith or, or Christianity, and it's something that a lot of people, I don't talk about. It's not something I want to push on people. Totally. I believe spirituality, and I believe in it a little bit differently than I was brought up to be. Yeah. You know, it's it's we all make a little bit of, of God the way we do. I don't care what you call him. I don't care how you believe in him. We all have our own version of some type of faith. Yeah. Um, how much do you think you've left that faith behind now that you're a grown I mean, man? I kind I of right. like from where I'm sitting, I feel like I just have no idea. And I, I kind of think that that's kind of the point is that no one knows, <laughs> you know. Yes. And so uh, I don't know. I don't really think about. Mormonism really anymore as like something that I believe in necessarily. Um, I know like there's definitely my mom and people that are still like reach out and be like, just give it a try. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I just for a while I've just kind of like had my own opinions about the universe and what's going on really. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of weird growing up in that environment where you're just told this is how everything is. You know what I mean? And then one day you kind of like, but is it? And then, I, you know, from that point on, it's kind of... Uh, were, were you raised to say, this is how it is, don't question it? Or were you raised, this is how it is, and question it? Uh, I mean, part of the church, or the Mormon church, is like, ask... Well, I guess it's like every church. You want to, like, pray about stuff. You know what I mean? So you're constantly asking about w whether you believe in this or not. But, uh Yeah. I was definitely uh, pushed and promoted to doubt your faith, doubt your religion, doubt yeah. your beliefs, because if you doubt it, you'll then understand it better, yeah. or you'll understand something else better. Yeah, for sure. So, cool. Ah, sorry, I, I kind of get off on a sidetrack. No, tangent, no, it's but awesome. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> What's the H stand for? Uh, Henry, I'm pretty sure. No, holy. Uh, Henry. This is holy Christ. <laughs> Henry. Maybe I've been wrong all these I, years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the guy. Yeah. So never back met to, him. Back to tunnel flying. Yeah. You fly like Jesus when you're flying dynamic. All right. <laughs> you fly like Daffy Duck when you're flying static. Yeah. That's what we've learned. Pretty much. Uh. So when you actually first showed up to Houston, I don't know if you. I actually am positive you don't know. And you recently found out. I remember meeting Brockton for the first time, and it was through a phone call. I was actually on a uh, date with my wife at the Speakeasy. You you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I get a uh, phone call. And uh, I answer it and just happen to send aside, take a quick phone call. It was such a pleasant phone call to take. Um, you know, you really, you don't remember most people you meet unless they're total douchebags or really, really super nice. Yeah. I remember you. Cool. Hopefully it was the second. Huh. Dude, so I, I continue <laughs> to talk to you and continue to hang out with you, right? Perfect, yeah. So super nice guy. And one of your goals when you talk to me is, is I'm going to get my AFF rating. I'm going <laughs> to get my tandem rating. And you showed up here and you very quickly said, these are still goals of mine and you're still working and yeah. achieving those goals. But you very quickly shift gears and said, man, I'm going to con just continue to fly video for a while and work in the tunnel. What changed? What made you decide to go that route? I mean, so when I first moved here, I had a lot of ambitions to get those ratings, and I didn't even know if I would actually stay kind of a thing. It was kind of like maybe I'd move down here for the winter, get some ratings, and kind of uh, work those off and see where I'm at kind of a thing, you know? And uh, then when I got down here, I actually met Claudio pretty quick, and then he was talking to me and Damien Edema about going to... Uh, you know, Claudio Cognacio. That's what I was going to say, that Claudio. Yeah. Chaudio is his proper name. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Chaudio. <laughs> Chaudio. But, uh, and so he talked to me and Damo, and we went out to the uh, March Fly for Life warm-up camp. Or mm -hmm. We went to the warm-up camp, which is not a March. And then I actually went to the March camp right after that. 
So I kind of spent a lot of that money that I was going to spend on ratings going to those Fly for Life camps. But the tunnel kind of worked out all at that exact same time. So then it was kind of like a, a financial thing as well as I was pretty busy at the tunnel. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. the more that I continue to be at the tunnel full time, the more I really do miss being in the sky. So I really think, uh, I don't know. Ultimately, I want to be in the sky more than the tunnel. So one question that comes up right away is, is which one, if you had to choose one, would you pick? The sky, for sure. Why? I mean, the tunnel is awesome, and it'll help you hone your skills, and it's great fun. But uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't bring you the same kind of uh, rewarding feeling, I guess, or like that high you get after a jump. I don't know. Like, I can go for a skydive. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, like, sweet, I'm good. But, like, up until I go on that skydive, I might be, like, questioning everything. You know what I mean? Like, what am mm. I doing in Texas? Like, I never thought I'd be in Texas. Right. Or, like, <laughs> living in a trailer. Like, <laughs> what? But then, uh, I don't know. At the same time, I never thought that I'd like living in Texas on a trailer either. But it's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's worked out pretty well. I mean, Nick, obviously, the sky has been part of your choice. Uh, those who don't know your background and story, uh, the tunnel has been a dream and a goal that you've chased at some point. And for various reasons, you've settled with skydiving. Why does skydiving attract you more than the tunnel? I think there's a diversity in skydiving that the tunnel doesn't have. I think that they're, uh, especially with the way that most tunnels are run now and have having them be corporately owned, and the the video projects I've got to be involved with for, for iFly, I get a pretty good look at a good cross-section of the company, and I see from the corporate side, the frustrations that they have from tunnel instructors, and I see from the tunnel instructors the frustrations that they get from the corporate side. And so I see a lot of that conflict, and I get it, and I don't have a huge desire to be a part of it, nor do I have a huge desire to... I don't know that I could go back to making $11 an hour and maintaining my current lifestyle. It's not I don't live fancy or anything, but... No, it's hard, though. 11, it's hard. It's yeah. hard, right? And I've seen a lot of friends do it. That's what she and said. <laughs> hey <laughs> Title of your sex tape. But skydiving, there's just a lot more freedom. Like, I could have shown up today to work in a tutu, and they'd be like, yep, that's fucking weird, but have a great day. Hell yeah. Actually, we would have said that's Nick Lott. <laughs> yeah, sure. I wear yoga pants to work <laughs> sometimes. Actually, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, but you, I could go back to it any minute, and that would be fine, right? No one would say shit to me. Like, yep, Nick's wearing fucking outer space women's yoga pants today, and he's going to have a great day at work. And um, so I feel like the, the freedom of expression is one thing. The diversity of the sport, you know, flying parachutes, um, shooting tandem video, doing free fly stuff. Um, there's just a lot more of it that uh, there's just more opportunities for fun, I guess. Yeah. And I've seen, I guess I've seen a greater percentage of my friends who work in the tunnel be uh, burnt out by it than I have people who... Uh, be burnt out by skydiving. Skydiving burnout is still a, a totally real thing, especially for a tandem instructor who doesn't do any other skydive, skydiving other than just taking a tandem passenger over and over. But um, I think for me and um, the things that I enjoy the most, especially f for the video stuff, it uh, is just a lot more for me in the skydiving world. A couple of things you guys bring up that's interesting to me is a lot of my friends will say, I want to go to the tunnel because it's a lot more guaranteed work. You know, you just don't get weathered out very often in the tunnel. Sure, it rains in the woodlands, but other than that, we don't get weathered out often in the tunnel. So the, the chance of guaranteed checks are a lot more. 
But what people don't realize is it's not the best pay scale, is it? No, definitely not. Yeah, and and realistically, most of my friends in the tunnel who do make a good check are usually making the good check because they're doing a lot of extra coaching, and uh, so it, it's not the best check. Neither is skydiving. Nick and I can definitely attest to that. Yeah, people will say you drive a nice car and you live in a nice house because my wife has a nice job. I've I've married up. I'm a gold digging hoe. I'm okay <laughs> with that. Sugar mama, uh-huh. how you digging? Um. <laughs> But it, it's not the money. But then benefits. The job does come with benefits. Yeah. How is that an advantage that you're looking for? Is that part of what you're taking using for that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If it wasn't for the flight time, there's no way I'd still be there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like holding people in the wind all day every day is not fun. Like if I'm if I only get to fly my demo at the end of every class, like my one minute demo. Usually you take maybe three or four classes in a day. It's like four minutes of flying in a day. I really don't feel like it's worth my time you know what i mean like as much as i want to be that i fly go getter let's get these people on the wind let's share this dream of flight with them at the end of the day it's like that's not why i'm here you know what i mean i'm here to get those skills so that i can have more fun in the sky and uh yeah and i'll make as much money as i can along the way i guess as an high fly employee but it's pretty hard yeah, don't get me wrong, people. I, I think uh, being an iFly instructor is a great thing to each their own. We have some friends who've really made a great opportunity of it. I think Ivan Buznago, he's still there, right? Yeah, yeah. It has definitely made a, a great part of his life and a great part of his opportunity, and it's worked well for him, and you've got to go in with that understanding. But it, it, it's just not for everybody. And a good example, how many first-time flyers can you work with on a given Saturday? Uh, so you're like, usually you're going to have up to 12 people in a class. So if you have four classes with 12 people, then you're at like what? 48 people, 48 people. So for an AFF instructor doing 12 AFF jumps in a day is a lot. So 12 versus 48 and, and it really, first of all, 48 times worth the wear and tear because the wear and tear in the tunnel to me is a lot more catching the student spots. Uh, there's a lot more wear and tear and I see more instructors in the tunnel with shoulder issues, and I think a large part of it is that repetition. Yeah. I only have 12 students beating me up today. You have 48 beating you up. Yeah. You, you get to let go of some of those 12 for and a good chunk, right? Yeah, exactly. it's really not that bad. Once yeah. you, like, learn the Technique. grips and stuff, it can be. Like, a yeah. class can kick your ass pretty hard. But, uh... Yeah. Well, what if you got, you know, 30, 30 high flights out of those 48 people? Uh, I mean, how do your shoulders feel yeah, at the end of the day like that? Yeah, my shoulders are wrecked. <laughs> yeah. I think Jed Lloyd, though, would be a perfect example. Uh, Jed doesn't have a lot of injuries. Yeah. And Jed really will talk about technique, technique, technique. And I think that's true of all of it. Yeah. Uh, part of it is is I get to let go of it. But in those 48 students, how often are you flying? You said a few minutes, right? Yeah. So usually if it's like a Saturday and it's all first timers, you get like three or four minutes in a day. How many times do you get to swoop that day? Zero. Zero. <laughs> so, Justin, you're an AFF instructor. Yes, if sir. you go out and do five AFF jumps today, how much are you going to get to fly? Uh, five total minutes. All of it, right? <laughs> and that's the thing is, in, in the sky, you're flying all the time. In the tunnel, you're standing on the net a crap load. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing I didn't realize is how much you stand on the net and how much you don't fly until my friends are like, yeah, dude, my shoes all suck. Yeah. How you go through shoes like nothing in the oh, tunnel. Yeah. So definitely some pros and cons there. And here for me, when when iFly first opened up here here in Houston, I did consider going to the tunnel. Um, for me, getting into management actually would be fairly easy, at least I believe to some point. Um, and man, leaving the airplane, how awesome is that moment in time for you oh, boys? So good, right? 
that is like even uh, when they're full fetal backstroking <laughs> it's still so good because you're just laughing at them like fucking relax and arch <laughs> yeah. being outside how awesome how much do you like the outdoors Right? So much, yeah. And then, Nick, what's the thing you asked? How many did he do in a day? Six whoops, bro. Yeah, bro. Flying the parachute. Can, can we just make an effort to popularize the word bruh instead bruh. of bro? Bruh. Yeah. Is there an H on that? Bruh. Yeah, there's, there's a, like a U-H. U-H. Is that a word they I use on it. the socials? Oh, bruh. Mm-hmm. Not bra. No. Bruh. I'm just trying to make this more cultural. You know, All cultural right, diversity. Here. Nice like pink it. shirt, bruh. Yeah, bruh. I was, I'm thinking like <laughs> bra. No, bruh. Bruh. B-R-U-H. Bruh. Bruh. Would he, are we with bra or bra? Bra. Bra. Right. No, that's too... See, no. Bra. 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 Not mean bra? You know Not mean bra? bra? There we go. All right, now <laughs> we're on the right page. Okay, All right. sorry. So bring it back. Six weeks, bra. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Damo, Damo just tuned in. What's up, my buddies? Just saying hi to you. Damo. Uh, Damo. Uh, dude. Sexy stoves. Right, dude. Sexy stoves are the shit. They're where they're at. So the tunnel, the sky, really, it's ultimately up to each person. You've taken a lot away from the tunnel and... And tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I picture you amongst a group of friends who've gone to the tunnel for this exact reason. And really, uh, somebody we're going to have on the sh- uh, show soon, a- another good friend of ours, what's her nuts? Um, what's her name? Uh, what's her nuts? Blindberry. What's her nuts? Blindberry. Yes, Blindberry. Blindberry, Woodberry, uh, she has gone to the tunnel with the idea that I'm going to take advantage of flying, yeah. that, that perk, that, that fringe benefit of being able to fly more, not while you're working, but while the, the reward of doing so. And then get to do that for a couple years, and then transfer it back to the sport. Yeah, that's where you're at now. For sure. Yeah. Did was that your goal from the beginning? Yeah, I always said that I would quit iFly as soon as I hate it because I've always seen so many of my friends get jobs and then like eventually just not even want to be there. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, for me, I still like it. You know what I mean? Uh, even on a busy Saturday, like depending on who you're working with, for sure it can be a pretty uh, fun time. Even even with the couple demos you get is steven still working there steven yeah steven? yeah he's kind of got a shoulder injury right now he's been driving up at the woodlands but he's had a shoulder injury since i've known him yeah <laughs> that dude yeah for sure when you're carrying cannons on the side of your body your shoulders just get worn out for dude. sure um now i i really am getting the impression just in recent conversations and just kind of a little uh exposure for the world right now you and i are working on doing your tandem course sometime soon and getting your ratings taken care of Woo-hoo. So in that exposure, one of the things that I think is going on is you're starting to lean more and more back to the skydiving world. And I think you're doing it different than your plan was because you said, when I start hating iFly, I don't think you're at the point where you hate it. Right. So why the change? Because you said, when I hate it, I'm going to quit. Yeah. But you're already moving forward. Uh, Well, because most days I don't hate it, I guess. Some days I, I still don't hate it. But some days are hard, <laughs> I guess. But the sky, like, I get okay, I guess this is the best way to put it. At the end of the day, when I'm hanging out of the drop zone and then I have to go to work, that feels like a bummer, even though it's the tunnel. You know what I mean? And staying at the drop zone all day, even on a weather day, sitting around, not a bummer. So know. let's just say that you're looking into the eyes of this... Uh this new skydiver who they've just figured out what skydiving is and what the tunnel is. Yes. And, oh, my God, I want to be so good at this. And, God, are the, all the tunnel instructors are the sickest flyers. I'm going to go <laughs> get a job at iFly. Yeah. And I think people th- imagine being a tunnel instructor in kind of this fantasy way of, right. like, oh, I'm just going to go there. I'm going to be the sickest fucking shredder overnight. It's going to be, like, boom, fireworks. Yeah. Uh, what's reality like? Well, reality is more like you get there. And you drive for 30 minutes, 
drive the like control the wind and uh, just. Which seems like it would be cool for about five minutes. Yeah, it's not bad. You can just kind of get lost in your thoughts and then like lose you know focus, and the next thing you know, your instructor's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" But other than that, it's not bad. And then you go into the classroom. You, this is what you're asking for, right? Like a day-to-day walk. Yeah, what's, what's it actually like? Because I my mean, my fantasy is I'm just flying all the time, and I'm yeah. super, and I'm fucking selling coaching right and left, and that's how and I I'm shredding it, this lifestyle. No and way. Everybody wants to fucking get skydiving coaching for me because now I've worked at the tunnel for two months, and I know everything there is about body flight. Right. I don't want to make the tunnel <laughs> sound like a bad thing either. You know what I mean? Like, no, right. Like but I, I just fun, I just mean uh, like. Hey, just like people who fantasize about what it is to skydive yeah. for a living. Okay. Of yeah. Like, hey, you know, yeah, skydiving for a living is great, but you got to be cool with being poor and yeah. weather days. Jump, and uh, solo yeah. free flyer. Yeah, it's and being still next a to job. that guy. <laughs> so we already covered the big part, I guess, like $11 an hour starting. <laughs> so that's not great already. Uh, you get 90 minutes of flight time a month as a full time instructor that you can use kind of like whenever there's hour and a half of tunnel time. somebody in the wind. That's yeah. awesome. So if you work at Memorial, like, you might be able to get to fly. It depends on the season, you know what I mean, how busy it is. Um, or if you have a s- shift supervisor or uh, somebody in management that is willing to stay after and drive for you, then you can stay. But they want you to be out of the building, like, after the, you know, out after everybody's gone home. So it's not like you have, like, you can just stay there and fly all night either. So uh, sometimes, yeah, definitely your staff time will go unflown. But you guys can do that in the middle of the day when it's slow, too, Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. Does it expire? Uh, you can roll over three hours. You know what I mean? You can have up to three hours in your bank at any time. But, uh, yeah, over that, no. It doesn't really expire, which is kind of sweet. But so it'll max out at 180, 180 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So as long as I uh, don't get hurt yep. and as long as I'm reasonably ambitious, yeah. I can uh, stay on top of flying that tunnel time and not let it top out and go to waste, right? Yeah, getting hurt is another big one, like you're saying. like I feel like ever What's since I started there, I'm always recovering from something. You know what I mean? Whether What's the most common injuries that you see there? Uh, most instructors' shoulders get wrecked pretty quick just from high flights. Um, and then after that, me... Anyways, I, I hit my knees and elbows quite a bit at first. I had like big tall idiot, you I fucking awkward giraffe. <laughs> yeah, baby giraffe. I think you called me that during my coach course. I'm sure, dude. Anybody yeah, who looks like you, I call baby giraffe. Yeah, or or uh, giraffe legs. Giraffe legs. I'll I call you it. that too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I burst my person, my knee, and my elbow from one hit on the wall. So I'd like oh. sack them both for a little while. But dude, I crap. I, I I'm pretty. I never got an X-ray, but I'm pretty sure I broke my hand on the wall one day. Yeah. I was doing an AFF training thing. I was doing spins. Yeah. And somebody uh, did went to do a spin stop on me, and they plowed me into the wall. So as I'm rotating, spinning fairly fast, they hit me. I spin head first fist first in the wall and I spin at full speed I punch the wall. I couldn't use this hand for like months. Did you yeah. say fuck you wall? You yeah, went yeah. past? Uh, dude, no. I didn't <laughs> say fuck you wall when I passed. I, I, I actually came out and people asked me, like instructors are like, are you okay? Yeah. Um, e- even before I came out, the driver, the instructor in the door looked at me and I went I'm, I'm okay. And I'm thinking, like, I have no clue where I'm at right now. I'm not okay. I'm just holding up this okay symbol yeah. to fool everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one saw that, right? Yeah. Well, I wasn't trying to fool anybody but my the guy who was coaching me because he felt super bad. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Because he didn't do it on purpose. He wasn't trying to, like, break my hand. But legitimately, I'm pretty sure he broke my hand. Just the pains <laughs> I had, the fracture break, you know, not super break. 
So I was faking it for him. You know, when we got out, I think Tex was actually there. And we were talking privately. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, I'm in so much fucking pain right now. That dude just fucking welled me. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm like, no, I just didn't want him to feel bad that he did it because he's training right now. I just need to focus on his training. Yeah. Uh, do you ever do that in the tunnel, fake it to get through something? Um. Well, with, like, tough classes, like, we like to just try to smile through it. But it can be definitely pretty hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. My favorite student moments for when tunnel instructors is a flailing student who punches you in the balls. Oh, man. Oh, no. It's just STEM <laughs> classes. STEM classes for days. Every time you have a field trip, you're guaranteed little to kids punch have the nuts. Dick magnet. Yeah, they must. They're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their teacher trains them. When you go in the tunnel, you punch them in the balls. When you see the tall, happy man crush his soul with a dick punch. <laughs> <laughs> so, STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Thank you. Yeah, like the E I looked at you for engineering. Um, it, th- that is actually cool. Do you do a lot of STEM classes? I think the memorial, I could be wrong. But for a while, we were the fir- or like the number one in the company for field trips, like STEM uh, classes. So like usually almost every weekday during the week, uh, obviously during the week, weekday during the week, <laughs> uh, we have a STEM class. Uh, sometimes they're like up to like 130 kids, so it can be hectic. Chaos, yeah. man. Pandemonium. All right. Well, so we've talked about some of the struggles of the of the tunnel. Yes. What uh, what are the good parts? Oh man, so much fun! Like, uh, how has your skill set changed in the last two years? I mean, I feel like I went from like thinking I knew how to fly to not knowing how to fly at all a little bit. But isn't that? <laughs> wouldn't you say that's a true pr- sign of progress? Yeah, it's like Buddha. Like, it wants yeah. you to know that you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, true. You know? True wisdom lies yeah. in knowing that you know nothing. And yeah, balls of sure. steel. Yeah. Yeah, and getting dick punched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty sweet. Like, I love going to work and working with, like, you know, Nick Serrero or, like, Jimmy Skates, or especially if Tex is there, getting to fly with Tex. It's like, that's, like, why I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, to train and get better and, uh, you know, push myself and learn some new skills like and have some fun along the way. If you could see yourself today, like the, let's say that you flew a demo today or you got to fly some time today. Yeah. If you two years ago got to watch you doing that, how would you feel about it? Uh, man, I need to change up my demo. I've been doing the same demo for like a hundred years, but it's getting, <laughs> it's gotten a lot cleaner. <laughs> so what, yeah. what sort of stuff are you working on? Um, just really trying to f- like fly lines with people. I mean, I feel like I got really like, flat uh flying by myself i guess and that that takes a long time of just learning how to like have those straight legs and maintain those um and now it's a whole nother ball game trying to do it with somebody else in the wind especially when you're tall like me and you're touching the walls every time you do anything i don't know how you do it i I don't my tiny little self i drag my heels on the wall (laughs) and every time it happens i'm not flying upside down anymore (laughs) yeah every time i watch ash the aussie fly four-way with his feet constantly on the glass i just laugh like how the hell do you do that you just use it after a while you'll probably like get a handicap like in the sky you're like where's the wall i need the wall (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know it's sweet i really like it to be honest with you i love flying so much like i love on weather days like when everybody's just sat around the drop zone all day and they feel like i get back home and they're like, oh, what'd you do? Like, we just sat around all day, like, just watching the clouds. Like, what'd you do? Oh, I flew, like, 45 minutes. It was sick. You know what I mean? So you go from zero time in the wind to 45 skydives worth of time in a weather day. It's pretty sweet. And I don't really think 45 minutes worth of skydive is a fair statement. Yeah. 45 minutes of tunnel time is way more valuable than 45 minutes in skydiving. 
number number one, the understanding and definition of space is truly there. So you you tune yourself so much quicker and so much better because you understand what you're doing. Number two, on a skydive, at one minute, you're like, I'm getting it. It makes sense. Let me stop learning because I got to open a parachute and not kill myself. Yeah. In the tunnel, rotations, a minute and a half, two minutes. I'm getting it. Let me keep doing it and reinforce it. Yeah. So I truly believe, it, yes, it's truly 45 minutes, but man, it's worth more than 45 minutes of free fall ever is yeah. as far as just the flying skill. Exit skill different, canopy skills different. You don't get to swoop, bruh. bruh. It's different. Bruh. Bruh. Yeah, bruh. <laughs> so it, it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> one of the things that we mentioned here is it, it is a job, an absolute job. Sam, stop calling the show. <laughs> <laughs> Lombardo? Oh, no. My little girlfriend called uh, me a minute ago. She and she has got from a happy face on the show, so I know she's... I it's love because you, Sam. I responded hi, Sam. and I said hi. Hi, Sam. No, the happy face is for me. That wasn't me. How's Kevin the third, Sam? <laughs> oh, who's, my God. Let's talk Kevin. about Kevin's. Who's right. Kevin? <laughs> yes, who's Kevin? Kevin's. So I... Uh, <laughs> oh! Last, last April, a little kitten was found in the ghetto, the one of the trailer parks on the, the drop zone, and... Uh, they tried to take her to Will first, and Will had like something like six twenty thousand cats, cats at that point. Yeah. Cat bus. He's like, I I can't have another cat, <laughs> and everyone kind of knew that I wanted a cat. So Felicia brought it over, and or Felicia and Rob hit me up. And they're like, We got a cat for you. She's a beautiful little girl. Like, come over and meet her. And I was like, I guess I'm getting a cat. And so I uh, took this cat in, and two months later, to the day she had three kittens. What's her name? Her name is Panchita, Pan? named after the great Panch, Panch Alvarez. <laughs> because Adam it Chamberlain. gets around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We think that the Brazilian superstar might be the father. Uh, oh. The real Brazilian superstar, not Leo. Rafa. Uh, <laughs> burn Leo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Rafa stayed in my trailer for a couple weeks, and then I got home, and, and I was like, man, Panchita's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Man, slipping it in your cat. How I fucking know. filthy. Jesus. <laughs> but he made what three beautiful babies. All named Kevin. The Kevins. One, two, and three. <laughs> so how, how do they all become Kevin? Uh, well, I, I blame my sister. She is the one that came up with the idea. Uh, I was naming them when I first, when she was first having them. And so Kevin the first came out. She was originally named Carlita after Carlos. Kevin the first is in fact a female. Yes, Kevin the first, <laughs> girl Kevin, as I refer to her. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, then I called my sister for number two, and I was like, "Yo, Lizzie, what should I name the second cat?" And she's like, "I think you should just name them all Kevin." And I was like, "Perfect, <laughs> settled." That was your sister being lazy and cashing out, and you're like, "I'm in." How old is the sister hilarious. of yours? Uh, she's. A I think she's 24. Okay, so she's wrong. not seven, like I imagine. No. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's hilarious. Though. She acts like she's seven. She has a mind of a seven-year-old. Like, so she's hilarious. Kevin, where did wh- what does she relate the name Kevin to? I think it's from Up. To be honest, the you bird, know, Kevin's the bird a girl. From the movie Up. Kevin's a girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're so awesome. So now I have Kevin one and two, and Nicholas Lot here as Kevin the third. Yeah, he's holding it down. Holding it down. He's the alpha dude. He doesn't fuck around. Yeah. Do you do this, does this cat get along with you? Because I know you and cats aren't the like oh, best dude, of friends. He is a super sweet cat. He I've never seen him upset. I mean, he's never aggressive, especially with me or Sam. He <laughs> will chase the Milo. He'll chase Milo's tail around the house and like fuck with Milo. But like, I could punt kick this cat out the window, and he would come in and just like 
rub up against my legs and be like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Love you. <laughs> That's actually how Ralph acts with me. Ralph is Dick Kitty. I don't know if you uh, know much about my cat, but he's an absolute asshole. I haven't met him. Um, but I could punt, I could dropkick Ralph, and he'd come back up to me like, oh, I love you, Papa. You're my best friend. And then he'll bite you. So Yeah, Kevin doesn't bite anybody. Yeah, <laughs> Man, how do you? How are you and Milo getting along? Dude, we're fucking homies right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you had to <laughs> assert we your were, dominance on we him. We were mortal enemies for the longest time, and that's actually why I decided to let everyone pressure me into taking Kevin the third home. It's because we had become buddies, and I was like, fuck, man, you're probably lonely during the day <laughs> here all by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then Brockton had these kittens, and Sam had been bothering me for a long time about, oh, we should get another cat, we should get another cat. And I was like, no, that's never going to fucking happen. We're not going to have more cat hair in the house. We're not going to deal with another animal. No. But yeah, me and Milo were fucking homies and he was cuddling with me. And it was like he was kind of I know that Sam's listening. She's going to be pissed when I say this. But he was like preferring me to her. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were homies. And I was like, dude, you got to have a, you got to have a buddy. We got to get you a little buddy. Yeah. So in comes Kevin the third. And uh, he and Sam are very in love. He sleeps on her face most nights. <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> Peter. Uh, so one of the things I like about your cat's names, Kevin, is Valerie and I love to name our animals after people names. I mean, th- that's people. So our, our animals are Jimmy, Ralph, Peter, and Scrappy. I'm not sure how he got fucked in the deal. Yeah. Val named him. She hated the dog. When she picked a name, I'm like, okay, you accepted him. We're going to go with Scrappy. Yeah. Um, I, I love those people names. Milo, is, he fell in love with you. This is after you asserted your dominance in him? Oh, yeah. I fucked him up. <laughs> fucked him up. Oh, dude, I ruined his world. You know, it's it's funny though. He ruined my world equally. Like there were times where I didn't even I didn't want to go home because I knew that motherfucker was there. Didn't you piss on him or something at Dang, some point? Let's not get into that shit. Wait, what? No, we're not gonna get into this story. We can talk about this when Sam's not. Let's, God, I'm gonna get so fucking real when I get home. Um, I was wondering if I drove that bus <laughs> yeah, over you, you or not. You did. Thank you. I but, love you, Sam. Uh, but no, we would fight, dude. Like we would fucking battle it out and the only thing first first it was the squirt bottle that was my only defense and then he didn't give a shit about the squirt bottle he was coming at me squirt bottle or not so then it moved to the broom and uh yeah i had to fucking beat the shit out of him with with the broom (laughs) man oh i did kick him in the face once not proud of it (laughs) i was naked i was naked and he came after me it's all i had (laughs) Yeah, I used to take Ralph and put him on top of doors, literally on top of the doors to rooms in the house. And Valerie would be like, what are you doing to him? I'm like, he likes it. How do you know he likes it? I'm like, we're homies. He likes it. Trust me on this. <laughs> and what, And uh, she just would, uh, she wouldn't argue with me, but she'd be like, yeah, whatever. She'd accept it. And one night we're sitting there and we every now and then a night we'd hear our bathroom door bang open and we couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. We couldn't figure out why the bathroom door banged open. We knew it was Ralph the cat opening the door, but why are you fucking slamming the door open? If we left the door locked shut or latched shut, he would claw and meow at it like, meow, I'm in this room and I'm going to be a dick until you let me in. So we're like, we got to leave it cracked open and you're going to slam it open at some point. One day I'm in the shower, and, and in this bathroom, you've got a picture. You know, you've got your shower stall. The door opens up against the shower door. And all of a sudden, I hear the door. I'm in the shower, obviously naked as fuck, and I hear this door slam open against the shower door. So, A, I shit myself in the shower, <laughs> and B, I look up, and Ralph is sitting on the door looking down at me. And you talk about petrified because I'm like, he's going to land on me and claw my little penis off. This is not going to work. <laughs> what we ended up finding out is, is Ralph likes to be on doors, and he would actually 
push the door open, jump on the bathroom counter, and jump up on the door, and the weight of his self getting on the door is what would slam it open. So, Valerie, Ralph likes being on doors. <laughs> but, my God, <laughs> naked and cats don't go together, bruh. <laughs> adorable. Sorry, trying to get that door pun in there. Yeah. So, so, hang on. But in your trailer, that's you, me and three cats, three Kevin's, cats. and a Francisco. Well, Francisco has recently moved into Dicko's old trailer, but I heard that Dicko sold his trailer, and so now he's moving again. But for how long has Francisco been living he's in been your in trailer? He's been in there since like at least January. It was, yeah. And then Felipe was living in there with us for like the you first week or two. You had another person there, there too? We had three dudes and three cats in a trailer. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. How long is this trailer? How big is this trailer? Uh, I don't know. It's the Aerodyne. Oh, it's the Aerodyne bus. Yeah. It's still not a giant bus. It's not it's, giant. It's, it's not. No. No, no. The three of y'all lived in that thing. Yeah, only the, for like a week. The one that Rob Parker tried to burn down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Is there still the like outside access for the cats? Uh, there is, but it's closed off right now because the stairs, like anytime it's windy, it just blows the stairs over and there's no like cat run. So I got to build them a new cat run. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, you had originally planned on... Giving the Kevins away, right? I mean, I mean, I took Kevin the third. Yeah, did and it crushed your heart so much that you couldn't part with another Kevin. Is well, that what happened? Uh, I'm not gonna. I'll let you fight Sam to take Kevin back. No, no, fight to the death. I love Kevin the third, but I'm glad he has a good home. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. And Sam's gonna whoop your ass, right? You know, Riley and Bo, they were yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to take girl Kevin, Kevin the first, but uh, they ended up moving to the land and got into a place where they couldn't have a cat. And one thing led to another, and they s- just didn't take girl Kevin. So now I have three cats. And but if anyone wants a girl Kevin, you have to be a good home. So dude, speaking of Riley, did you see Tex new rig? Yeah, it's beautiful. Did you see the inside of the I, reserve flap? I did. It's hilarious. Texas. Yeah, Tex got a new Infinity a- or new uh, Vector. Sorry, and I say Infinity because Infinity started putting embroidery on the inside of the reserve flap. I think you've seen my reserve flap has my company logo on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the inside of Bose Infinity reserve flap says Riley's bitch because yes. Riley worked at Infinity and had that done for him. That's awesome. Uh, both mine and Bose were surprises. <laughs> mine was my company logo. Riley has since moved and then now works at UPT. Right. And so when Texas rig gets done, I'm I don't know Riley had anything to do with this. I will fucking bet money that little bitch did this. I <laughs> love Riley Death to say bitch with all the friendliest love in the world. That hairy chested woman. <laughs> <laughs> um dude, it says I heart guru on that. Yes. No <laughs> yeah. way. That is the inside right there if you're watching this on Facebook. Dicks out for her own bay. I Heart Guru is on the inside of Texas rig, dude. That's so freaking epic, man. I absolutely love it. Um, so one of the things that we've really been talking about, one of the things we focused on, and we, we got a little sidetracked here, but the tunnel or the sky, it truly is a job said and done. People always tell me, man, you're living the dream. You have the best job ever. It's got to be great. It's like you never work. And this is a line that I absolutely do not like. I don't hate it, and I don't think it's untrue, but I don't think it's as true as people say. If you do what you love for a living, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, for sure. I don't believe that. One bit, dude. One bit at all. Because I absolutely love and enjoy my job. You've been around me enough. You've seen me. How many guys have worked full-time in the sport as long as I have and are still happy? There are some of us. Yeah. It's not all of us, right? right? Some of us are grumpy as shit. I love what I do. I have a passion for it. 
Some days are still work. Yeah. They absolutely are. And there's nothing wrong with it. For sure. The thing I remember on those days is this is a bad day at work. Yeah. Fuck yeah. This is the coolest job ever. Yeah. So if you're looking at getting into skydiving full-time or the tunnel full-time or, or whatever it is, and it can be another sport, motocross, BMX, trampolines, I don't know what you do for fun. If you do what you love for a living, understand it will be a job at days. For sure. It's just the coolest job ever. Yeah. Nick, I think you probably would feel similar about that. I've never worked a day in my life. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Let's do a gender <laughs> reveal tomorrow. Oh, God. Got one coming up. <laughs> coming up on May 10th. I'm super excited. Regardless of the gender, wear a pink shirt. Dude, one of my favorite things. <laughs> That's that, a good idea. So first of all, uh, you know, it's gender reveals. They kind of they're a little cheesy. They're a little yeah, but old. it's a new fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the new engagement ring. Yeah, like yeah. instead of telling the story of how you got engaged, you tell the story of how what your fucking the gender of your baby is. Yeah. One of my favorite things about it with you is the same with me. Is no matter how old or how sick it gets or how like repetitive or redundant it gets, you still give that person all the emotion, all the excitement because it really is their day, not my day. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna try and talk them out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> but uh, if the, if they're committed to doing it, yeah, I'm committed to, to to doing a good job. But we talked about this gender reveal yesterday. You, St- Stephen, and I. And I remember the first gender reveal we did at Houston. I actually remember a story about it that I only remember because you reminded me yesterday that Dan Lane was part of our <laughs> first gender reveal. Can you share that story? Yeah, so Dan Lane didn't know what a gender reveal was because yeah. he wasn't a 20-year-old millennial parent. Right. And so this these people came out to do a gender reveal, and all that he sees is this man who was skydiving. So his understanding of a gender reveal was like, this dude's like coming out of the closet. Like t- he's going to tell the world that he's a woman. Didn't understand that they were finding out the gender of their child. He thought it was like the announcement of I'm changing my gender. Yeah. <laughs> I cut my so, dick off. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump out of an airplane with it. Let's take my dick on an ash dive. Yeah. Let's combine that shit. Gender reveal yeah, and ash dive. Yeah. Wasn't it like right oh around the God. time of Caitlyn Jenner too? Yeah, same, same, same. That was yeah. probably big in the news. Dan Lane. But uh, yeah, J- Dan Lane was very pleasantly surprised to figure out that he wasn't taking this man turning woman on a skydive. He was just <laughs> telling this dude that he was having a baby girl. That's it. That's so good. It's <laughs> so cool, man. But that's that's, that's stuff's the really perfect student, though. You don't have to worry about the chest strap or the leg straps. <laughs> but, <laughs> Did you see me process? I'm like, yeah. I get it now. I get it. There's nothing but, in the way. But those videos, like, I'm, I'm this next one, I'm, I'm dreading a lot less because they actually have a plan before they show up, and they have someone who's doing the edit, someone who it looks like they've done commercial style edits before. Nice. And uh, they, they're responsible for filming the stuff on the ground. Like, the women involved in the gender reveal, I have this big fear of them turning into a bridezilla, like, hey, you didn't capture this beautiful moment so perfectly. Right. And it's like, well, we're kind of fucking skydiving right now. And it's like, <laughs> we only get one shot at it. If, if you were willing to come out and do 10 jumps and get it all perfect and and you were going to throw as much money as it took at this project to get exactly what you wanted, cool, awesome, yeah. let's do that. But it's like, hey, these people are going to do one tandem one time while all of this stuff is happening. They're seeing it on the ground at the same time, and they're counting on all of us to capture all of it on the first take and make it perfect. Right. Aside from it's just like, I don't love doing proposal videos. I don't love doing the same 
I just don't like doing that over and over. Totally. It's like the first time I filmed a proposal, it was cool for me too. Of like, oh wow, this is cool to share this special moment. But by the time you filmed a dozen of them, it's just like, oh God, can she say no so we can at least see something Please exciting? Say no. Yeah. Please I, say no. I think we've had this conversation on the show, but have you seen a no proposal yet as working in the sport? Uh, I've seen a, it w- I would call it a soft no. Yeah. She said, can I think about it? This is back in Utah. Yeah. And she's like, I want to take this. We have students jump with frat hats in Utah. Yeah. She's like, can I think about it? I just want to take this hat off. <laughs> it's like, that is not a yes, honey, I will. I love you forever. That is not the right answer. I don't think I want to be your fourth wife. I've had <laughs> <laughs> I've had two that really make me wonder. One, I don't, was not a no, uh, but in the plane, it was a proposal in the plane. I had the ring in my pocket. It was a dude. I hand it to him at whatever altitude it was. He turns, he proposes to the girl. She just completely shuts down and refuses to talk or look at him. And at some point, he awkwardly hands me the ring back to put in my pocket and go on a skydive. And when we <laughs> land, she walked away. Like they, 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 We did not see them together again. Yes. Yeah. That was phenomenal. That's a video I want to make. Fuck yeah. yes. The other one was even better because I'm taking the girl on a skydive for this other one. And we're under canopy on the downwind leg. The sign was ginormous. We can't always see the sign on the downwind leg. In this case... We could see it. And I look down at the landing. I'm like, hey, yo, yo, what is that down there? Do you see that? She's like, oh, oh, n- no, you didn't. We talked about this. And she started having a conversation <laughs> with this dude under canopy with me there like I wasn't. And she clearly is not going to marry this motherfucker by the conversation <laughs> she had with me, man. Oh, no, you didn't. We've talked about this. This is not going to happen. This is not where we're going. We're not. I mean, and it went on. When we landed, will you marry me? We've talked about this. It ain't happening. And she walked off. And I'm yes. just like. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Skydiving, especially your first skydive, is amazing. Yep. And it is an amazing experience to share with people you care about. But, man, it is just not what I imagine when I think about, like, a beautiful proposal, this intimate moment. It's like you're going to share that in the middle of a field in Rochelle in Texas surrounded <laughs> by a bunch of fucking weirdos. Trailer cameras, trash. Like, right in your face. Yeah. It's Trailer like, trash. No, I do. I, that's not. That's not my version of it. Maybe yeah. maybe when people imagine <laughs> proposing after a skydive, maybe it feels different than that to them. Yeah. But uh, to each their own for sure. But to me, that proposal is a private moment to be shared maybe with your family, but not to be shared with random strangers. I, mean, I, I just don't. I feel bad for the woman who, like the guy, I, I've never seen a woman propose to a man in the situation. It's always been a man asking a woman. So the guy always knows that it's happening and the woman has no idea. And a lot of women are uncomfortable enough in front of a camera. And it's like, okay, you're in front of a camera being proposed to all these strangers. This camera, because I'm shooting with a GoPro, is pretty close to your face because I'm trying to capture some of the audio <laughs> of what Homeboy's saying because hopefully he thought about this enough to say something meaningful, which a lot of them don't. Yeah. And it's like, gosh, I can imagine how uncomfortable that might feel. And I, I kind of feel bad for, for some of those ladies. Yeah. And uh, I feel especially bad for the dudes when, like, if you don't get a good reaction to that question, like, Ooh. and now the camera's still rolling and now the strangers are still there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I should have thought of something better. There's no sure. doubt, all that being said, I have had some absolutely joyous moments. That, I, I have seen right? some beautiful ones, for sure. Yeah. That There's no doubt. I will say my favorite wedding proposal is, is on me, and I say it's on me. I will tell the groom, I will tell the man, if I'm taking on tandem, I will do my best to get you within 10 feet of that girl every single time, and more often than not, I will get you there. And that's the that's the, the, 
line I give them. I'm going to get you within 10 feet of her. Um, or excuse me, if I'm taking her, I'm like, hey, I'll get your girl within 10 feet. So you kneel, you wait there, and I will land in front of you. That's my goal. Stephen Boyd was with me on this one. I say with me. He was on the ground setting the guy up, and he stood next to the guy keeping him there. The dude's kneeled on the ground. We came in on this tandem sliding to an abrupt stop. Not abrupt stop, a good stop. Just absolutely stopped. I disconnected her and just stepped back because, I mean, he put the ring on her finger from where we fucking stopped in front of him. That's beautiful. Steven nice. kept him in place. It's like, don't move. He's got this. He, like, Steven saw it coming. And when I disconnected, and I disconnected, and it's not my wedding proposal, right? So I disconnect, and I immediately step back to let them have their moment because I feel kind of awkward. And when I step back, Steven walked back with me. He's like, bro. It was just, it was one of the fucking coolest skydiving things I've ever done. Not because uh, of me feeling cool or me feeling awesome, but the story they have. I am part of their life story now. And they don't have to remember my name. They don't have to remember my, they don't have to remember this That dude, guy nailed it. Right? Drop me right off in front of him and put my, oh my God. I love the fact that I could be part of that romantic story. And you know me well enough. As a matter of fact, I've cried hooking you up. I am a romantic. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, are you there yet? No, I know what you mean, but I was like, wait, you? Yeah. So uh, what? <laughs> I, I tied Nick up with a business relationship recently that was a very meaningful business relationship for him and I, and he could see tears in my eyes of how much it meant to me to connect my friend to something that meant so much to him. It means so much to bring that joy to people. I'm, I'm truly a hopeless romantic. Yeah. So t- to be part of that, it's it's not because I did something so awesome. It's because it was something that was so awesome for them. Plus, we made out after. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So nice. when are you going to propose to Sam? Uh, so Brockton, has, <laughs> anyone, <laughs> has anyone proposed in the tunnel? Have you seen this happen? Oh, shit. I haven't seen it yet. No. I know that it has happened only because I've seen pictures of it on like iFly social media. Yeah. Someone has proposed in, in the tunnel. As uh, cheesy as a skydiving proposal gets, the tunnel one seems worse. The cheesiest. Yeah. Far, <laughs> far worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, it's so funny too because it's usually not skydivers. Like if it, you were a skydiver, yeah, like propose skydiving or at the wind tunnel. But I'm not going to go go-karting and propose. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> <laughs> so weird. Shit, you just oh, like ruined Vanessa my proposal idea. <laughs> that one was adorable. What's that? Vanessa and Simon, they did the proposal the tunnel, right? I Vanessa don't. Mohawk and... Yeah, I know who you speak of. We're not talking shit. Just Simon so and no that, no, that was awesome. I didn't like, see it. Like, you know, they're skydivers, tunnel flyers... Yeah. That was freaking badass. Perfect. Yeah. And she had no clue it was coming. Right. Yeah, see, I, I, I will describe the absolute scene of me and my wife getting, uh, me proposing to Valerie. We will not get married. Marriage is a state institute. It is a piece of paper. I don't need the government or a piece of paper to tell me I love you. And some friends of mine, Justin and Jennifer, are a couple, uh, they lived in Indiana at the time we met them, and they were our other couple friends who will never get married, and we were against this institution of marriage. And I moved to Texas for a winter. They happen to be living in Houston. And we go out to dinner. And I'm like, hey, yo, guys, you got married? Yeah. Why did you get married? DJ, if you said that when you propose to her and you're engaged that you will love her more, uh, bullshit. There's no way I could love her more. I loved her more. And when you said the day that we become officially legally married that you will love her more, bullshit. There is no fucking way. I love her to the world's end. I'll love her more. It's true. I ended up loving her more. Longer conversation than that, but I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to propose to Val. Had no clue it was coming. Valerie had zero clue it was coming. 
So we go out hiking in Enchanted Rocky, Rock area, and the entire day we're hiking, I'm looking for the perfect spot, the perfect scene, where we're going to go. I've got it. I found the spot. Hey, Valerie, can you grab me a bottle of water? She turns around to grab a bottle of water. And the fun part is, is as she now tells a story, she's thinking, Dick, you have water in your bag. Why don't you grab your own water? And she'll say that's what she was thinking. Now, you know, Valerie, very loving, polite woman. So she just grabs a fucking bottle of water. But she's like, she's a little bit frustrated that I'm being a bitch and not getting my own water. What I'm doing is I'm actually putting a camera on record on this rock, and I pulled the ring out of my backpack without her looking. So when she turned around with the bottle of water, I'm on one knee, and here's my proposal. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounded like, man. You, you hear Valerie and I joke around with, what, to each other all the time? Because her response was, what? <laughs> number one, because I think she was earnestly shocked that I proposed. And number two, <laughs> it was what it sounded like. I didn't need you to record that publicly, man. It, it, it's, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'll show you the video, but it's a private moment for me. I, I don't need to share that with the world. I need to share that with her. Then we got busy behind a rock in the middle of the Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Gross. We couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get off wedding proposals. And I, I want to go back to this this idea of working in the tunnel. And oh, there's a, Did you so find you found it? Yeah, look at that video you, or the, the photo. I How freaking totally adorable is that? What is it? Which it's the proposal where uh, Simon uh, okay. proposed to Vanessa. Yeah, some friends of ours, Simon Shirazi and Vanessa. They, I they can't think of her last night. What's yeah, that? They all held up signs outside that said, will you marry me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, he proposed to her in the tunnel. Absolutely wonderful couple. Uh, we see uh, Vanessa out here a lot more than we see Simon. His job just doesn't allow him to jump as much. But super, super cool couple. And for them to propose in the tunnel... Or for them to propose in the sky, to me, that is their environment. They, yeah, they both totally. are skydivers. Yeah. It's a little thing. Like you said, exactly. I'm not going to go to go-karting <laughs> and propose. Yeah, maybe if yeah, <laughs> you're into go-karting, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like spin her out and then say, will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing the, like, go to the Astros games and everybody's proposing to each other at Astros games. Yeah. So one of the big reasons we have you here tonight is talking about working in the tunnel and working in the sky. Yeah. And, and you really ultimately said and done or living the dream because you're doing both for sure and so many people say oh i'm gonna go work in the tunnel don't worry guys i'm still gonna be here i'm still gonna work in the sport yeah bullshit right. no you're not yeah and you've seen that time and time again yeah but you have and so 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 <laughs> and the, one of the things i want to do is i actually want to put you on the spot right here and right now and i want to let you know how valuable you really are. Nice. People, oh, dude, you're welcome, and, and thank you absolutely. And, and Nick could probably attest to it more because he's absolutely in a management position at, at Spaceland where I'm just a consultant, the guy who says you can do this and I have no true authority. People like you are very valuable because if we had the number of staff we needed for all the time, we'd have too many staff for those slower moments. Yeah. So we need guys who can come in when we need them, but don't have to come in when we don't need them. Yeah. We need guys who we can hit up in an emergency and say, hey, if you have the day off, we could really use you. Hey, bro, I have the day off. Can you cover me? And this is the asset you are. Now, here's where I'm calling you out, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this at all. Cool. But I think a guy like you feels guilty that you're coming in and you're taking this work away from your friends and your homies. For sure. Yep, that's part of it. Absolutely, it's something you should be concerned concerned about. But it's the motive and the intent that you come in with. It's the purity that you bring to the table that makes it okay. Sweet. 
awesome. come in to help everybody. You come up to be people's friends. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you to be there more, to help more, and to be the asset that I think you truly are. Yeah, Nick, sure. you're his manager. Do you yeah, agree I mean, with this I, statement? I, I think that uh, a part-time, like reliable part-time group is super helpful for just like me reaching out to you this last weekend. Of yeah. like, man, I see a volume of business coming that we just don't have the staff to fully accommodate. Like when, when the weather is totally nice and it's jumpable for tandems and STP students, that's when we struggle staff-wise yeah. because, uh, you know, all the STP instructors, we have 10 STP students that show up on a day. It's like those guys are all busy getting those jumps done. Most of those students are going to do multiple jumps. But when the winds kick up, then those STP instructors make it back into you know, doing tandems or, or shooting tandem video, and then that helps us to get through the volume of business. Yeah. So there haven't been many days where we've seen totally good weather from start to finish with um, with STPs and, and tandems. Yeah. And on those days, it uh, becomes a challenge. So people who are available and willing and capable are, uh, yeah, super valuable. Yeah, and that's awesome for me because then I get in the sky and make a little money and help pay rent. It's pretty sweet. And really, I you know I, I say that about you, Justin. You were the same way. Uh, it's easy to forget about you because of your sh- recent surgery, and you kind of stood down for a while because you couldn't stand up yeah. in general. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but having part time guys like you are, you're just such a valuable asset. But no, a couple of weeks ago, exactly that situation happened, and all the uh, STP instructors had to fill in for tandem videos because there were so many tandems on the yeah. books. And, you know, I, I was yeah, happy two, to... Two Saturdays ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was happy to be able to help out and, you know, take take some STPs and refreshers and all that. And, you know, just I was there to continue my learning process because I had been down for so long. It's it's nice to get back into the swing of things for sure. Straight up. There and were then, people who had been left on the ground not able to jump yeah. if it wasn't for and guys like you. And they had been like waiting you. around all day. There was, I think, 12, 12, I think, STP students that day. Yeah, there were a bunch. I don't yeah, know how many. I don't, I don't keep track of those numbers very well, but yeah, there, there can be a bunch. Sorry, this is bad timing. Can I run to the restroom really quick? Absolutely. Go for sense? it, man. Go for it. While he's going to the bathroom, Nick, go ahead. I just wanted to say that it's all the more reason for someone to, you know, hit you up, do do a rating course, and have that rating. You know, I, I don't think it's a great idea to do, you know, the bare minimum number of jumps to stay current because then you're just the, you know, you're a person that, that maybe not you might not have as much to offer as a more current instructor but for if you're a fun jumper that's you know you're you're going to be at the drop zone anyway and you can make a little bit of extra money and be that person that's that's there to help in a pinch and then when you decide that you need to have a full freak out and quit whatever full-time job you have <laughs> and pursue a life in skydiving you've already got that rating you've already got that little bit of part-time experience to build on and um, if you have already established a, a relationship with the drop zone as a dependable part-time person, someone who can do a good job and someone who we can count on when, when we need you, then, uh, yeah, we're obviously going to welcome I just welcome recently a bought like a trailer, that. by the way. There you go. You recently yeah. bought a trailer? I did, yeah. What'd you buy? I bought uh, Robin Felicia's trailer. What did they... I don't know what trailer... Oh, yes, I do. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was actually wondering, like, how... What are they going to do towing it there? Because, like, are they... But no, I see the rest of the story now. Yeah, it was actually, like... Uh, we, it's a nice trailer. We started talking at the Gravity Lab Karaoke Fest. Uh, flight, night, fight, extravaganza. God, you fucking nailed thing. that. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. Pretty close. Um. Yeah, and I was like, I, I always kind of thought about having a part-time trailer over here because it's 45 minutes each way for me. Um, and, you know, the whole 
driving a 720 horsepower vehicle and drinking after <laughs> and not wanting to drive home um, was really appealing. See, and, and you're also someone who's, who's responsible enough to keep that trailer clean, too. <laughs> and when people are traveling in for events or whatever else and you want to rent that thing out, boom. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought. And uh, also, I want to bang out a lot of uh, STP this year. That's one of my goals. I thought he was going to I want to bang chicks in my trailer. I'm <laughs> no, like, yo, no. dude, does your girlfriend <laughs> listen to the show? Because Allison's going to have something to say about uh, this, bro. <laughs> Shouldn't be fucking around on a nice girl like her. <laughs> um, yeah, but w- uh, I'm not going to bring this next, or I'm not going to dive into this next topic. But when Meaty gets back, I do want to talk about what I can do as a skydiver to really dive into working part-time. And we'll talk about Josh Gerard and what he's been doing to learn to do video a little bit better. But we'll use this moment very quickly now that Meaty's back to talk about October 26th. What is October 26th, gentlemen? Oh, I bet it's a Saturday. Uh, reunion, a jump, a JPC reunion? Thing? Well, so the Jump Package reunion is actually October 20th through 27th. <sighs> And the 26th is a Saturday night. You are correct, sir. And what's going on that Saturday night? That sounds like a Gravity Lab Film Festival. The wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the film festival coming near you to a drop zone oh. near you if you jump at Skydive <laughs> Spaceland Houston. So uh, this year we are doing something different. We are only doing one location. The logistics of running two locations, two events is just a little bit challenging. A lot of uh, appreciation for our Dallas-based crew friends who helped us out over the years. It's just been a little bit of a burden and, and a little bit hard for everybody to run everything. So we're just going to see if we can just do one location, how that works out. We might expand to do multiple again in the future. But this year, Spaceland Houston, come on out. What I'm excited about is having it at one location. We're going to bring a couple of our friends from other locations, which, A, I think we're going to see a, little f- a few more videos here in Houston for it. More importantly to me, it's going to be a bigger party because uh, I don't know if you boys feel the same about this, but this is how I look at Gravity Lab Radio events. Karaoke night, the flight extravaganza, uh, the film festival. They're just a fucking excuse for us to party with our homies. <laughs> that, that is what I really see it as. So show off uh, your dope. Karaoke was much more fun not DJing, by the way. And you actually <laughs> put up the biggest fight about that. And Nick, <laughs> it was your plan. Good call. Yeah. And we and jo- Jody killed it. Dude, she Jody did. is the shit, she dude. Totally killed it. What was act- their company? Let's, well, the Houston. No, I got to say it right because I actually used one one year and the other the other year. Um, well, they did a real good job, and there wasn't a single song that she didn't have or couldn't find. Karaoke Houston. Karaoke Houston. Now, Houston Karaoke is a good company. They have great equipment. As a matter of fact, Karaoke Houston will sometimes rent equipment from Houston Karaoke. The difference is, is Karaoke <laughs> Houston has DJs. Houston Karaoke does not. So, dude, check them out for sure, man. I have no affiliation with them. We paid a, a, a reasonable fee to them. They have everything. They're super dope, dude. I'm actually interested next year. And she year. was a ginger. They have a photo booth. <laughs> you can actually have them bring a fo- photo booth out for a reasonable price. That sounds price. great. So, uh, <laughs> like, sh- should we do that one of these times? Yes. Yeah, I think we should uh, have pizza, alcohol, and photo booths. Uh-huh. Or just one photo booth. <laughs> <laughs> so, October 27th, karaoke, or excuse me, uh, uh, film festival. Uh, we are already talking about the planning. We're strategizing. We're trying to come out with our flyers, our brochures. We're going to release... What if we had... I'm totally just pulling yeah, yeah. this idea out of my ass. But what if we had, uh, like, a, a cash prize, too? Like, let's maybe there's an entrance fee or something. Or maybe there's like a boogie fee or something. I don't know what what would be a reasonable price to charge for coming to the to the film festival. And some of that money goes to paying for food, beer, and 
whatever else we would need, and the rest of that goes to hookers and blow. So really, <laughs> blow. I like this conversation. I, I do like that these things have been free for the most part. Yeah. But I, I may, may, or maybe if we just ask for for donations from, uh, from no, people, maybe we could make it make it bigger. It's time. A, a buddy of mine, Frank Chance, y'all know Frank, has talked to me about you need to be charging fees. People will pay fees, charge a reasonable fee, uh, because we've proven that we throw fun events and we have a good time. So what I need is not an answer from the three of us because I, I think we have an idea. But I need to hear from you guys and gals listening to the show. Comment on the Facebook feed. Hit me up on Instant Messenger. Uh, email Monty at GravityLabRadio.com. Say something to us in person. Um, what if we charge a fee? So in the past couple years, we've seen around 70 people show up to the film festival. If we charge $10 a head, that's $700. With that $700, I can easily buy a keg of beer. I can easily provide all the food we can. Uh, in this case, mm, I may or may not buy pizza. I'll probably just get a bunch of food made by Jay Daniel and Landing Point Cafe. And then we could throw down a little extra cash money to the winner, like, you know, a few hundred dollars. So is that the kind of gig? It's kind of the idea I had, but I just literally made that up 12 seconds ago without thinking about it at all. So guys, gals, maybe we're looking at $10 a head just as, as a, a, an attendance fee, not just an entrance fee. Like if you're showing up and hanging out, please throw down 10 bucks to, to attend. Is there a fight that night too? Mm, not likely. No, no. Yeah, if there is, I don't know. Um, but it would be total coincidence. It would. I'm just trying to think of how, how do we add more value other than the film festival. But, I mean, God, the film festival is super fun. And, and really, uh, we can Usually can't, goes till pretty late anyway, right? Yeah, we really couldn't do a fight night on that just because you said it right there, uh, the timing of it. Um, yeah, oddly enough, I can very... Uh, but, I mean, fuck, cash prizes, that's pretty cool. Cash money, yeah. bling, bling. Yeah, there's no UFC that night. Uh UFC uh, 243 is October 6th, and then after can, that, November 16th. Rock, how come you didn't make a, a video this last year? I feel like I you didn't made one make two years ago. cool skydives last year. I think I made only like less than 150 jumps last well, year. Okay, how high has the quality gone up of those jumps? I mean, yeah, no, well, no. I don't do 150 fun jumps in a year anymore. I don't think there were fun jumps, though, either. Like oh, I did, right. a lot of those were videos. That's just total. So I want to throw jumps. this out there. Jimmy Wynn last year lost all his fucking footage on his computer. Jimmy Wynn was not going to enter the film festival because he lost everything and was not going to be able to retrieve the footage. He said, fuck it, I'm going to get some footage put together. He took minimal footage and a phenomenal idea. Oh, wait a minute. Who won the film festival last year? Jimmy Wynn. Yeah. So... Fuck that fucking excuse, <laughs> those, motherfucker. Those I stories go a long way. You put a little thought into what you're going to make, it goes a long way. Dude, yeah. I am not, I cannot give away secrets, but I will give away this secret. Scott McElroy, you know my boy Scott? Yeah. Dude, uh, I, you can't, we can't say it out loud. Do you know his idea for... No, nope, I, I don't want to know. Dude, oh my God. Scott, I, I can't Don't take the Lord's name in vain. To, uh, <laughs> the Lord's Scott? name is not Scott, it's Henry. We you come said, up with that. Oh, I thought you said, oh my Joseph Smith. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my Joseph Smith, Henry. Uh, his idea is phenomenal. Now, how well he executes it, we'll come to see. It's pretty heads up, dude. He's a pretty squared away fellow, so I think he's going to execute it well. Uh, this year's been unique because I've had several people tell me their ideas where in the past they never have. And I'm not going to stop him from telling me because, honestly, I, I kind of like knowing. And now when I watch Scott do certain things on the DZ, I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. So, man, the 150 jumps excuse, suck it. <laughs> Who won the first film festival? Daniela. Uh, Daniela Fuentes. How many skydives did she have total? I have no idea. 100. Okay. She couldn't even fly camera yet. 
and she won the film festival. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, there's not a lot of tandem video that's. So here's what Daniela did. I and, keep even, you know. And, and I'm not really shooting you down. I love and I'm respecting no, you. No, I got you. I get but it. But there's a lot of people who are giving the excuse you're giving or the reasons. Well, well, I'll give you reasons. Daniela said, hey, man, let me get video. Hey, Nick, you shot video of my jump. Let me get that footage. Hey, Brockton, we are on my jump. Can I get that footage? Hey, Justin, you and she collected the footage from her friends. Yeah. So it wasn't about the dope footage she shot. It was about the dope footage she edited. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what you want is find a lot of friends who have cameras but are too lazy to edit a video themselves. Perfect. Yeah. That's like me, though. I, I'm that guy. No, you already <laughs> made a video. We know okay, you're capable. I'll, I'll do it, though. Yeah, yeah and you, you made a pretty good mean. video. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, your video wasn't okay. It was a good video. Like, Nick and I screened the videos ahead of time. Yeah. Just to get an idea of what we have, just to kind of see. And we we sit and we actually commentate. We talk about it. You ever watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah. or whatever it is? I love that show. Dude, if you watch the film festival videos beforehand, Nick and I are sitting there like those robot idiots talking shit about you guys. <laughs> and like, dude, look what Bro. Brockton did this, dude. Uh, and we don't even always like what the it's super awesome man and, thank you dude. oh dude you did a great job we, we we watch them ahead of time i think partially just to be spoiled brats and we can do it yeah a little bit i think yeah. that we are also trying to design the most optimal entertainment experience the for the I'll be, who, who i will come. be 100 yeah. percent honest with what we're doing there's always some duds always and that's okay those people were learning and the <laughs> fact that they shared it i love it and quite frankly ones that i thought have been duds have actually had greater audience response than i expected yeah but what we don't want is we don't want three duds in a row to lose the audience's attention right so we try to spread out everything so we just have good videos throughout and the duds that are just spread out instead of all in one place that way nobody's intimidated in person or, or uh, uh, intimidated start strong and strong yeah. yeah, like and a compliment sandwich. Yeah. And I will. Opener and the closer. And I want to give a strong shout out to the people who come to the film festival. There are some videos that aren't the best, and that and that's okay. The thing that I like is when we see those videos that aren't always the best. The audience still gets behind and supports the person who edited the video. Yeah. Our community and our crowd is such a warm, welcoming crowd. So I don't have enough footage is one of the reasons. <laughs> no, you can get footage. I'm not the best at editing. Man, Nick, I, I don't want to say any of the videos, but you and I talked poo on a couple of videos that we saw the crowd respond super well to last year. Can you think of some of those? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's a difference in watching uh, a video as a, as a group. Especially uh -huh. when it comes to sentimental things that you might not necessarily get when you watch it by yourself. Yeah. And I want to go to Daniela's video because one of the last comments is, is I don't have footage of great flying. How much great flying was, was in Danny's uh, video versus how uh, much carnage yeah, it was, was in it? It was more carnage for yeah. sure. Now, it was fun carnage. Man, I watched Tex's video and I aspire to fly like Tex. He's a stud. I watched Danny's video and I connect to it because I fly like that. Man, those of you putting a video together who, who are real and, and that's what you're doing, more people will connect with your video than will connect with, with uh, Texas video. And, dude, I love Wolfpack. I think that was the name of his video that year. It was, it was a great shot. So whatever your excuse is, whatever your reason is, we've already got LMB on board with a free Aries 2, a free ProTrack 2. I'm talking to other sponsors, but examples. We've given out a GoPro 7. We've given out a free custom jersey from Option Studios, a uh, free jumpsuit from Atande Wee, Skyflower, as she's known in the United States, uh, all sorts of other great things, man. Our prize value for the grand prize winner has come out with over a total of $2,000 in prizes. So as much as this cast prize sounds super dope, the total prize pool in the last two years has been over $2,000 each 
year to nice. the grand prize winner. Yeah. So put it together. Join us. Let's get this done. Sick. That was our little impromptu ad. Boop. I want to close the show on one last conversation. And it's back to you work part-time at the Drop Zone. Yeah. Nick, you interact a lot with our part-time staff. And the guy named Josh Gerard is a full-time police officer. He's been on the show. Uh, Lieutenant Galveston Police. At, Captain. Uh, Lieutenant is what he said at our meeting the other day. Oh, I th- I'm pretty he's certain he's captain. I'm pretty sure I saw yeah. that on his badge, in fact. I, I, I think he recently, I think lieutenant's somewhere in a title. I did just that class we did with him recently. I think he said lieutenant for some reason. Anyways, Josh Gerard, police officer, Galveston. That we know for sure. <laughs> Josh is, uh, look at his video of how to drive a golf cart on the roads, and oh, that'll tell so us a funny. lot. That's so awesome. Uh, uh, Josh is actually starting to shoot video part-time. He's looking at that part-time gig as well. Have you seen what Josh did to get ready to shoot video for you? Uh, did in what respect? What do you mean? He's got little business-sized card laminate. Oh, yeah, of, the, of a shot list and kind of reminders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It, the B- B-roll. You know, the I, I like Josh, and I like showing Josh things because he listens and he implements the advice. And so like, th- there are some things that I just don't care to show, like, like building a bite switch. I've had plenty of people watch me do that. And have no fucking idea. And I know that those people will never, ever, 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 ever build a bite switch. I showed Josh one time, hey, this is how I do this. This is how I do this. You know what he showed up with two days later? A bite, a bite switch that he fucking built. Sick. And it's like, yes, yes. I'll. Te- what do you want to know? I'll, I'll fucking teach you because I know you're going to listen. And you're going to use it. But uh, yeah, he, he's one of those people. So, Brockton, you've worked part-time in the sport now. Mm, I say full. I want to say part time, but also full time because it's a it's a sister sport. Yeah. What advice would you give a jumper who wants to work part time in skydiving and do what you've been able to do? Um, just have fun with it. I guess more than anything, you can get a. There's always going to be tunnel jobs, and there's uh, going to be more tunnel jobs. You know what I mean? It's just it's always getting bigger. So I don't know. To me, it's like everybody always wants to be a shredder, but they kind of forget how fun it is to learn. And you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. It's like when you get to the end and you're a shredder, like, is what's going to be like the next step? You know what I mean? You're always going to be, there's going to be something that you're going to suck at, right? Just suck less every day, kind of a thing, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to work in both, just be super available more than anything. Like, uh, Move to Texas, live in a trailer. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. What advice would you give them, Nick? Gosh, uh, just make good use of your time. Um, I mean, there are plenty of uh, weather days. If you're, if you, I mean, if you're working in skydiving right now, uh, we got a whole winter where there's other shit you can work on. I mean, I basically developed my skill set of video editing, of just choosing to pick something you know i picked something to do on a weathery day instead of feel bad that the weather was not great or to you know look at cat pictures on social media <laughs> that i'd started trying to <laughs> trying to figure out how to build videos and uh that's gone a long a long way for me so just uh instead of you know complaining about it and having you know grass is always greener mindset and just wishing for something else just talking just do it make use of your time I, I definitely take advantage of that. But, but build, build a camera setup while you're while you're hanging out. Yeah, Get, uh, if that's what you want to do, or um, you know the prerequisites for like you were talking about the how valuable it is for you when someone shows up to a course actually prepared, someone who's actually 
sat through the ground schools and someone who's actually assisted in ground school and mm-hmm. taught things and they're already used to talking to students in this in this way in this sort of interaction how much better does that person do in a course than the person who you know maybe they didn't really help in that ground course but someone signed it off for them maybe they really haven't uh you know focus as much on it how, how what's the difference between those students for you Night and day. Steph, uh, we, I think a lot of you, if you jump to Spaceland, know Steph. She's our safety Nazi officer, and, and I say that with love and respect. She's great at it. She did not do the prerequisites to show up to this AFF course that we're doing this week. She did them several times over. And today she had to teach a section, and she was very comfortable with it. Rita, same thing, who speaks a second language, was went above and beyond to put a lot more time and preparation into it than she needed to. She didn't do what she needed to. She did above and beyond what she needed to. And, and that preparation for both of them, their teaching sessions today, were very boring for me. And the best compliment I can ever give you is you bored me when you, when you taught because you did it so well that th- I'm evaluating you. My idea is when I'm done is to give you input. And I can sit there and go, Man, you did this really well. I like how you did this. I actually told Rita, I like the way you did this. I'm stealing that transition from you. So prepare. Invest your time. Treat it as a job. People will actually mock me every now and then when I tell them, if you're going to work in the sport, treat it as a job and make it work. Number one, when you have bad days, they will go by much quicker. Number two, if you treat it like the fun hobby it really can be, when there's days that it is a job, it's going to suck. If you treat it as a job, the days that it's a job, it's still really fun. Yeah. And meaty, when you show up, you have a work ethic. Can you agree to that statement? I try, yeah. You, you try. Would you say he has a, when he shows up, he works? Yeah, he does. Yeah, Sweet. he works. And that's the thing. Show up to work. We have friends at the drop zone who have a job there, but they don't work there. They're just a pile of shit hanging out wasting <laughs> time. That's all they're doing. <laughs> Man, work. Make it a job. Nick, yeah. you, you talk. If, if you can do more than, than showing up for the work jump when your name pops up on the board, or worse, being there and having someone else to tell you, hey, dude, you're on a 20-minute call. Get off fucking Facebook or whatever the fuck you're doing that isn't doing that jump. It's like, man, lots of people can fill a slot. Like mm-hmm. any anyone with that rating, anyone with that skill set can fill a slot. How and deep, though? <laughs> <laughs> if you're me, not very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the people who stand out are the people that you know put in a little bit of extra effort. If you can spend an hour a day doing work that isn't your job, man, you will stand out. And you will be so much better at your job. You you talk about editing video. For me, if you've listened to me and you've been around me, I respect and support USPA. The PowerPoints USPA gives us to teach courses are not very good. I might say they're garbage and trash, but I wouldn't say that on the air. And, and when I say that, literally cut and paste the manual onto a PowerPoint, and that is a PowerPoint. That's horrible. I've spent uh, so much time developing and understanding PowerPoint because that's my job. And now when I teach a class, the PowerPoint is just a help to what I do. I understand my job better, and I have more fun. And recently, actually, Tom Noonan, you know, you know our good buddy Tom. Why would I not know? Why Tom? did I not know him? <laughs> you beat me to it. Tom and I were uh, speaking at the DZO conference uh, for USPA recently, and it, for me, it was a little bit of an intimidation factor—not true intimidation. I felt comfortable, but the DZO conference: Greg Winmiller, DJ Marvin, Tom Noonan. 
Those are the presenters. There's more, but that's the sandwich I'm in between. Yeah, you're the, you're the shit in the compliment sandwich. <laughs> exactly, dude. Greg Windmiller, Golden Knight, U.S. team member, super dope-ass canopy pilot, super good dude. Mad respect for Greg Windmiller. In return, I found out he had the same respect for me. I didn't realize that because I, I didn't realize he knew much about me. Uh, Tom Noonan, I know our mutual respect for each other. But Tom, man, he's, he's a professional speaker and presenter. After that seminar, they both came up to me and said, oh, my God, I never want to speak before or after you again. You crushed both of us. And Tom's statement was, if for no other reason, your PowerPoint game is so strong, your presentations work so well, you use a balanced PowerPoint. Now, not that I'm smart or I'm good, but that I don't waste my time on the drop zone. You don't see me on the drop zone. I spend more time at that desk. Justin probably can feel my butt imprint on that chair just the way it fits in. Spend time, invest time. Write notes down. And that's where we went back to Josh Gerard. He has B-roll. What I do for this, what I do for that. Did you read his little cheat sheets? Yeah, it's good. Uh, I will take a little bit of credit and say that he pulled most of it out of the videographer manual that I gave to him. But that's the perfect thing to do is, hey, this is how we expect you to do your job. And he took the right notes and put them in the right spot. And he's using all that information perfectly. I think you hit the nail on the head. You're going to not reinvent the wheel. You didn't necessarily invent that wheel when you wrote the manual. No, I mean, I think just like most people who are successful, I've stolen a lot of things. I've improved some of the things that, uh, that I've stolen also. And uh, I like to watch people steal from me. Yeah. And we do the same thing. Man. Guys, gals, if you want to be like Brockton, congratulations. Take some human growth hormone. (laughs) HGH. (laughs) Be the tallest version of yourself. (laughs) Brockton, any other advice you want to give people getting into the world of the tunnel? Because that has been your focus. Um, Low speed life. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Low speed life. Kevin's for life. Kevin's for life. It's a Kevin life world. Man, guys and gals, we really are wrapping up a little bit late. Brockton, like everybody else, you were nervous coming into this. Yeah, totally. was it, Was it as bad as you thought it was? No, it was pretty chill. I like it. I told you, we're going to hang out. We're going to talk shit. We're going to have some microphones while we do it. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? It was great, yeah. I bring that up all the time with guests because if we do ask you to be on the show, it truly is a bunch of homies talk, hanging out, talking shit, shooting the breeze. Uh, how much preparation did you and I do for the show? Zero. Yeah. Nick and I do a little bit more. We have some notes. You we see me some, pick up my some phone. Some preparation H from time to time. And really, H. all these notes are for are in case we get lost. The last three year shows, do you know how much I use my notes? Probably little to none. Yeah, because you guys really crushed it. You got nothing else, my friend? Tell your friends and family. You want to say something to your mom? Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Mr. Law, I want to get coaching from Brockton. What do I do? Uh, just hit me up on uh, Facebook Messenger or whatever. Are you on IG? I'm on the IG, Brockton Phelps. Brockton Phelps. <laughs> Why do they call you Brockton Phelps? When I first moved here, I, uh, I swam on some tandem video exits, and uh, <laughs> Chulo started calling me Mr. Phelps. So now I'm... He's good at those. Awesome. <laughs> so I'll share a, a quick story as we wrap up with that one. A buddy of ours, Kyle Schoonover, I believe you know Kyle. Kyle uh, ran the rigging loft here in Houston for a while, and when I'm doing AFF courses, you'll regularly hear me, or tandem courses, hey, DJ, how you doing? I'm Olympic. Now, I'm Olympic started with a buddy of mine named Robert Clark. When you say you're Olympic, you are a champion. No matter what place you are in the Olympics, you were a champion at some point to get to the Olympics, right? So I am feeling Olympic means I am a champion. I learned that positive thought process through my friend. And every day, wake up as a champion. Every day, live as a champion. And that's the only way you ever have a chance of being a champion. But in my life, it came out to have a different meaning. And most of my friends never figured it out. 
And one day Kyle came up to me and said, bro, I've put it together. You've always promoted being Olympics a champion, but you now only use it in courses. When you feel Olympic, it's because you're about to jump, run, and swim out of the airplane, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Brockton, when are we going to do this tandem course? Uh, hopefully <laughs> May. We'll be feeling Olympic, my friend. Sweet. Uh, Mr. P, anything else you want to share? Oh, hold on. To reach Brockton, uh, Mr. P, got him to do some shout-outs. If you're listening to this on the podcast, check out the show notes. We always include your Facebook link, your Instagram link, and any other pertinent information in the show notes so you know how to get a hold of our boy. What you got, P? That sounded weird. What you got, <laughs> P? Or, no, I, I got nothing. What you, you got, got nothing, bruh? Good. What you got, bruh? Yeah, I'm good, bruh. Bruh, redhead, bruh. Um, this weekend is transitions, right? Is that right? My it is. Says it, it is. is. Diving dock. It is. So come on out, whatever space land you're at. Get in the transitions program. Check it out. We are uh, not the only drop zone that offers a mentor program. Although I recently think we've seen that build. Uh, my seminar at the DZO conference was building DZ, uh, mentor programs, and I've worked with a few other drop zones. If you're interested in building a mentor program for your drop zone, I can't give you our program, but I can give you guidance to what we've built, what we've done, and all that good information. Check it out. Anything else, Ginger? Nothing else. Then click that funky button, boy. <laughs> Guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio. We might have some secret projects coming up. We might have some special shows coming out. We are just not sure. So no promises, except for I always underperform. <laughs> Blue skies, go home. Thanks, guys. Wiggly jiggly. <laughs>